Hey, everybody, and welcome to an all-new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. I'm Andy. Sitting right next to me is Jenny. Hello. Sitting 111 miles to our southwest. Sorry, 116 miles. It's changed. Uh, is Megan. Hello. I was worried. I was... I was moving or something. How did it change? They remeasured the earth. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, you know, he uh, he spoke before he was introduced, which we encourage. uh, 183 miles to our, like, really just our east at this point, um, because we moved a little bit north. It is Justin Shapiro. I'm not speaking now because I burned one, so now we're even. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Justin, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, how are you? I'm great. How are yourselves? Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice of everybody to show up this time. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Shots fired. <laughs> Ow. That's too much responsibility for me to be one third pinch hitter of the elite beat podcast. <laughs> and to like basically act as my wife i think that was your, your exactly yeah. <laughs> now you've only got a quarter responsibility so mm-hmm. weight off your shoulders please now, Justin, hope so yeah one thing that uh you did promise uh for next time you came on the show and i'm sure you remember and have thought about it daily mm-hmm. since then is uh that you would provide us with the uh the lyrics for the uh for the war zone uh theme song Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been memorizing them every day. <laughs> okay, yeah. So you can Let do that just now. Pull you can drop it the, in later. Whatever you want. Yeah. memory. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, I because I know every word at once, uh, <laughs> it's hard to put them in the right order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because no, I'm thinking sense. of them all simultaneously. Okay. Well, um, War, born, uh-huh. is, raw, I... But this wait, we were talking about the ten o'clock music, the the wars, uh, the da 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 song. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. We we discovered lyrics to that, right? Well, I remembered some lyrics to that and thought you would have the rest, but you mm. you, you were like, I I don't I can't remember. All this I knew was, was all I knew was that it said, "Got another show to go." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I um I wasn't prepared to follow up on that business because I spent. Uh, most of the time looking at my documents and properties that I own and I can confirm that as you discussed uh, like six weeks ago I am the guy in Pennsylvania who owns a house with a ring in it or something like that Oh, that's right. true <laughs> I love to boing off the ropes <laughs> oh like a wrestling ring yeah I was wondering what type of ring was in yeah. the home well, a ring doorbell devoted listeners to the show one of us uh <laughs> Know what was discussed on the week of the Pittsburgh tapings? Hey, I remember. I don't remember that. What were we talking about? I was uh, scrolling Instagram and I follow this account called Zillow Gone Wild, and it's got all these these houses with uh, weird shit in them. And one of them was in Pennsylvania and had a full on wrestling ring in the basement, oh, as well as like a wrestling federation sign their own mm-hmm. one and i forget what that one is but like it was clear they were holding shows in their basement <laughs> you Ooh. accused justin of being the owner of this home oh okay that's Turns out he is. i'm here to cop to that it's me i have the ring i shake them ropes and <laughs> uh 
Um, I must tell you, the apron is the hardest part of that ring. Gotcha. <laughs> As it should don't, be. Don't trip and fall in my part. You'll be really in a pickle. Well, I have I have a lot of questions about this, but I'm going to hold off for a minute because we have to uh, go on to the thing that we start with every week, which yep. is Jenny. It's the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Okay. This week, I am fulfilling, not fulfilling, I'm cashing in on my champagne bet that I won because I got 9.25. Where's the briefcase, Jenny? <laughs> I don't well, I just one. have a bottle of champagne. That's, okay. you know, I, I didn't, it came in a, it did come in a box. It was dropped off on our doorstep. Yep. By a. By a local wine shop that I am. They heard we moved to the neighborhood. Yep. Yeah. And they offer a one champagne a month club. Yeah. So I promptly joined that. It's been delightful coming home and just having a bottle of champagne on my doorstep. (laughs) And I'm sure it's mostly legal. The way they do it. Yeah. I mean, they don't know that we aren't children. (laughs) But But anyway, go ahead. Uh, So this month's Mm -hmm. shipment was a Gratier Pilier. Okay. And uh, I've never had this uh, champagnery before. It's a 2011, which I heard was quite a difficult year for grapes in the Champagne region. Yeah, so this might be kind of rough. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) You put a lot of mustard on that pronunciation. I like it. (laughs) All right. Oh, that was rich. Quit, quit the timber in that pop. All right, Megan, how about you? Uh, I have a California red blend. It's called okay. D- Dime. It's from Wink Wine Club. Again, not a sponsor, but here I've we are. I bought one before, right? Uh, no, we had that. The we time that? we tried the Wink, we got the Dime. Oh, okay. Oh, I can't tell from Jenny's face if this is going to be a good experience or not. But sweet. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Here we go. Not like overly sweet, but it was a little sweet. Well, let's see if the cork makes a sound. At least it'll help us for this segment. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) I heard it on my end. (laughs) Andy might need to like up that in the editing room. Guys, I don't think champagne should be the color of straw. Pee. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. You need to say that. I didn't mean to be vulgar. All right, Justin. What what, what are you what are you uh, what you drinking on? Tragedy happened, Andy and and co-hosts. Um, I got a Sprite Zero. It's a 2021, uh, as <laughs> I always do. And and then I set it in front of me at the desk to go through our ritual tradition. <laughs> and when you call it, I was like, "Yep, everything's set. Sprite, better open that up." And, uh, <laughs> And um, so what you're about to hear is a worked opening of a second Sprite can. And it's not okay. the can I'll be drinking out of. I'll be drinking out of the already open can. Okay. I'm going to open basically a, a Foley sound effect can to replicate what happened. Um, this is also a 2021 Sprite, but it is one further back in the package. So it's had probably more time to get all of its essential juices flowing. So pretend... Uh-huh. As a courtesy to me that I'm opening the original can, but this is the second can, uh, which I guess I'm going to throw in the toilet. Mmm. 
nice. lemon lime first can. That was a good crack, but um, don't throw it in the toilet. Maybe just like put it back in your fridge. Let it age a little. I that would be probably productive to get some of the good nutrients from a fridge. In <laughs> yeah. There. I could make it. Uh, I could bake it into a cake. That's what I'll do. Yeah. <laughs> Are there sprite cakes? I've never hmm. seen that on the Great British Bake Off. The yeah, only baking there. show. <laughs> they have they have lilt cakes. <laughs> mm. Sorry. I'm I, again. I'll be candid. I'm drinking from them both. your <laughs> 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 buddy. Candid and did cans. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, okay. at least it's not going to waste. Well, guys, it's Grand Slam week. I, I was going to, I know we interrupted before, but Darby Allen does have a ring in his basement. And his Whoa. basement is not high enough ceilings to have a ring. Right. And so every time I've seen him use the ring on Instagram, his head has gone through the um, drop the ceiling. ceiling. Yeah. The Did drop you, ceiling. Yeah. Do you think he's just doing that for like, for giggles? No, I think he's, you know. I think he does that. I bet okay. that's what he does. Like, maybe he like sets fires and puts his head through a drop ceiling. Do, do you watch a lot? Time. Do you watch a lot of Derby Allen's IG? I used to. Okay. <laughs> All right. I have that's a- nuts. Have you seen his um, Contron video? He's all over the place. Oh, the new the new one. Yeah, it's pretty uh-huh. good. Yeah, I like that. He's nuts. <laughs> well, cheers, everybody. To another week here at the Elite Beat, we are uh, rapidly approaching our uh, second anniversary here. It's only been congratulations! Two years. <laughs> wow, thank you, Justin. Also, Jenny, that's not the reaction you want. <laughs> yeah, the first dynamite was October two, twenty nineteen, and and that was like, and our first show was like, you know, the week before that, maybe. It feels like we've been doing this podcast for ten years. Well. 2020 we had the, we had, was 2020 was long. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Justin, welcome to the uh, four timers club. I guess. Hey, thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Since that, well, maybe the <clears throat> uh, third or however many weeks it took before they ran Pittsburgh. Yeah. Your show has also been like a stop motion journey of me becoming more and more fan of all elite wrestling. So you guys must be doing a good job. First time I didn't know who everyone was, and now I'm just over the moon. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool lately. Um, now, last time you were on our show, you reported, you know, you broke some really big news. Huge. That Brian Danielson was going to debut at Double or Nothing. That's right. Um, In what capacity? Shit. I don't he quite remember. Come out at the end of the show when Kenny Omega says, ah. "I beat everybody in the land, and there's no stranger out there who would ever walk in here and beat me right now." And then he comes out. That's right. Okay, so you you got all the details right, mm-hmm. except you were off by about three months. Yes. Unfortunately, okay. <laughs> the Delta variant. <laughs> COVID ruins everything. I heard. I heard that uh, he was having fun uh, being home with little Birdie every every day day before <laughs> she went to preschool. So that was like that's why this did not happen sooner. That's my understanding, at least. I've listened to a lot of Daniel Bryan uh, interviews in the past week. Don't you feel like you know CM Punk and 
Brian Danielson so intimately well just since like late July? Yes, I really do. Um, some of the things that we learned yesterday about Brian Danielson were I, uh, I I never needed to know or think about. There's oh, ladies no. on this show. I don't what know is, what does that, that mean? I think we have to say it, Justin. Maybe you, I think you should say it. Found those wars on the earths and I'm going <laughs> to sing them all. Okay. Okay. So, fine. It's like I'm a, a how, how big is Batista's dick question? Um, let's see. <laughs> it's not so much the animal as it is the vegetable. Um, <laughs> should I just tell them? Yeah, just tell them. I, I want to hear how you relate this. <laughs> Danielson did a number of interviews yesterday with New York media sources. And um, Mr. Danielson is a unique individual prone to speaking his mind with a degree of candor we're unaccustomed to in the pro wrestling podcast circuit. Um, one of the subjects he touched on I don't even really remember how he get there. May, it must have been about diet, maybe, and veganism. But <clears throat> long story short, I don't want to. Do I have to tell? All right. I'll it's about say. how the vegetables affect the the juice, isn't it? <sighs> nope. That would be normal. <laughs> Ish. In the realm of, like, regular human interactions. What Brian Danielson said in a real interview with a real person it became one of those quotes, like, you know, when you're reading an article and they, they like center and big text and bold crucial quotes from the, from what you're reading. So your eye goes there and goes, oh, that's cool. I better keep reading all the small words because the big ones are great. I'm scared. <laughs> um, in the course of, I've been so scared, I could have just pulled up his quotes. That's what <laughs> I hope. Again, if this is the last time I'm on the show, I understand. I'll resign. <laughs> um, and and I've loved my appearances here, and I've had such a good time. So, if if you need to eject me from it after this, again, totally fair. Um, uh, I'll just quote him directly. Okay, we don't have to be telling any tales out of school. Uh, Brian Danielson said. As I tend towards a vegan diet, and people say all sorts of things about a vegan diet, I find it really fascinating that nobody really brings this up. If you eat an apple, people say, oh, you kill plants. No, I don't really kill plants. When I eat an apple, the tree doesn't die. Essentially, I'm eating the tree's sperm. <laughs> I'm eating the sperm. It's tree semen. That's how they reproduce other trees. Most fruits are semen. Real fruits are semen because they contain the seed inside of them. In theory, that has to be planted into the ground for another tree to grow. <laughs> Does he uh, eat the seeds of apples? That sounds like it. The apple is the seed. But no, there the are tree. seeds in apple. Oh. Oh, it's all reflexive. It's just semen to the bottom. Uh. <laughs> why do you think, why do you, as, as someone who has followed uh, Brian Danielson's career for at least 11 years. And I, I, I know you didn't follow him a ton on the Indies, but you were aware of him. Um, why do you think he said this? <laughs> he spent enough time in the hyperbaric oxygen chamber. <laughs> um, look, no lies detected. What he's saying is true. So have you ever seen 
anybody like trip out, they'll be like, the universe is the same shape as like human balls. That's crazy to me right now. <laughs> it's the same philosophy. <laughs> Does he do drugs? We oh. saw him not do ayahuasca on that episode of Total Bellas, right? That's right. They I just, remember. It, but just, he didn't do it. Right. They worked them. They just acted like it. So maybe it was a double reverse ayahuasca trip. Hmm. I had a friend in high school who ate apples whole, core and all. Oh. Like every day, that was his lunch. He would have an apple <laughs> and just eat the god, whole goddamn and for thing. for dessert? <laughs> Oh no! Now, Justin, before we before we finish with Brian Danielson, and he'll come up later in the show, of course. But um, he he's been doing a lot of interviews lately, talking about how cool Vince McMahon is. Yeah, and it it made me think of another podcast that you were on. I, I unfortunately I don't remember. Um, it might have been a Joe versus the World, but I, I'm not sure. But anyway, basically, you were saying that. At the time, you were worried that Chris Jericho was getting to the place that Mick Foley had gotten to, where you think Vince McMahon is your dad. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think especially with the passing of his father a few years ago, oh. I really feel like Dan, Dan O'Brien is, or Brian Danielson is in that place fully. Mm-hmm. No, uh, your real dad was probably sense. much better. Buddy Danielson, probably. Um, yeah, there's a lot to that, which is also funny since he has like a surrogate father who is in upper WWE management, but does right. not, I guess, see him as the dad he always had. <laughs> um, that's powerful. Yeah, I think part of it is he's just such a sincere go along to get along guy who laughs everything off. So like all the things that drive CM Punk crazy probably like made Danielson laugh. And it's like, okay, I mean, everyone, I'm the most popular guy here, but you can do whatever you want. I'm doing it with my family. Sure. Uh, so we know he, he like scored the lowest on the ambition test in right. anyone in recorded history. So I respect um, that. Maybe that kind of energy like syncs up with Vince's extremely aggressive and, and cruel energy and it like bounces each other out or maybe Vince eventually got such a kick out of this tiny non-star that he started to have affection for him. It's interesting. It's very powerful. Um, But I think Brian does not quite have, like with Jericho, since he's left and he was like, whoa, like the brainwashing has been broken and Jericho like realizes he was in a cult. Brian, I think, is just so honest that he he was never bamboozled to begin with, if that makes sense. So he's just like, yeah, I like Vince. Uh, he's the worst person in the world. We got along great. <laughs> that's that's yeah, I think I think you're right. And, and Justin, just uh, for clarification, like about five years ago or so, what what do you think Chris Jericho would have said about what, what do you think Chris Jericho would have said? The thing about Vince is yeah. uh, that that is the thing about him, man. <laughs> I was hoping we'd be treated to your uh, <laughs> to your Jericho, maybe later. To find my entry words since I already used them and I don't like to you know, <laughs> say the same exact thing you said. That's <laughs> uh, fair, uh, just certain things. But 
he he can still do that. He just prefaces them with things that are wrong and weird. And now that's the thing about Vince, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Okay, let's do a little news. Uh, there's actually like a really cool big news story this week that I thought was going to be like the the dumb AEW debate on the internet <laughs> of the week, but it kind of died off pretty quickly. Um, but uh, AEW. Uh, they put out a press release. There's uh, All Elite Wrestling and the Owen Hart Foundation. So you non-pro- get to read the nice one, and I had to read about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm Elite tearing up, but that's fine. And the what Owen Hart Foundation. Beautiful. A nonprofit <laughs> charity which provides a vast range of assistance and opportunities to individuals in need across the world are collaborating to honor the legacy of late wrestler Owen Hart, a beloved figure in the professional wrestling community and beyond. This collaboration includes launching the annual Owen Hart Cup Tournament within AEW, which will see the winner receive a cup known as the Owen, as well as the production and distribution of unique and original Owen Hart merchandise, including specified retail goods, as well as the upcoming AEW console video game. So, I think, well, I was going to say universally, like, people thought this was pretty awesome, but that's so not true. Um there were people like real mad about this for some reason, but like, I don't even know if we want to talk about that, but um, I don't know. Like Megan, what's your, what did you think when you read about this? Cause I, I think I shared the, uh, the press release with you earlier this week. I thought, I don't know that much about, I mean, I know the, the bullet points of what happened with Owen Hart, obviously. And I know that his family was it his wife that's still like really pissed at WWE about it, which rightfully I, so. I don't know that she's pissed anymore. She just doesn't really want anything to do with them. Right. Okay. So I, I knew that that was the case, but I guess reading about how AEW is going to do something with it, um, especially after they did that Brody Memorial show that basically revolutionized uh, how Memorial shows should work, even though we don't want to have to have any more of them. Um, I feel like, that may may have softened her to the idea of allowing this other company to do something with regard to her husband, her late husband. Um, so I guess I was surprised, but also not as surprised as I would have been if, I don't know, maybe Vince McMahon had decided to do this and she was cool with it. And his family was like, yeah, WWE, do it. So I don't know. Tony Khan is such a wrestling nerd and has all that history and stuff in his head and loves it. So I assume he made a really good pitch to the Owen Hart estate to make this happen. Who who is Owen Hart? I assume he's related to. He's Bret Hart's youngest brother. Okay. And he um... terrible news. (laughs) (laughs) Do do, Do you want to break it to her? Not this one. Nope. Um, no well this will be a a a real good litmus test like if you know owen hart and have absorbed that as a thing that happened it might kind of like numb you to it let's tell uh an um undarkened brain mind about this story and let's see what she thinks about it yeah i i think justin you should deliver it i mean because you already did the plant semen thing so this is kind of your realm oh Oh, God, is this about semen again? I don't think so. <laughs> no, it's just not like a happy thing. 
No, um, I'll, I'll tell it. We don't need to drag it out. It's 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 uh, Owen Hart passed away uh, in the well. He he was he was doing like a like a stunt at a pay per view at a WWF pay per view in 1999. He was suspended above the ring and he was supposed to be like lowered down, and the harness that he was in broke. And he fell, I believe, 74 feet. Oh my god! Uh, and and landed in the ring, and he died shortly, you know, in the ring. Like I think it, maybe on the way to the to the hospital. And his family, you know, um, filed a wrongful death lawsuit against WWE. Oh, yeah. And I think against the was it also against the um, the manufacturer of the shackle or whatever, Justin yes. or. Uh huh. Yeah, and there was an there was an out of court settlement that. I think it got reported somehow. I don't know. Usually that doesn't work that way, but I think, I think Martha Hart got like $18 million or something like that. There and were a lot of Hart family members near fax machines at that point in time. So a lot of relevant details in this case got out. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So it's San Jose phone bills were sky high. Um, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's, so that's kind of the, I mean, there was a lot, he's, he was a great wrestler and everything, but like that was, that's kind of the thing that's most remembered about Owen Hart. That's horrible. And of course they like stopped whatever show. Right? <laughs> oh, Jenny. It's like, you know what happened and you're leading the are questions. We doing, are we doing a sketch? <laughs> did they not? Did they, did, they, did they not? Like a man died in the ring and they didn't wow. stop the show? When you put it that way, I guess they shouldn't have cut immediately to a pre-taped skit with an ambulance and um, a video package of a man smashing a coffin with a sledgehammer. Wait, they did <laughs> oh that? Oh my god. What? Wow. <laughs> this is what? precious. <laughs> and AEW wouldn't even do the coffin match after like the Florida collapse, building collapse, but on the same show, they just decided that was cool to just continue with. Well, they'd already I, filmed it. Pre- <laughs> exactly. They already fi- just save it. Just save it till later. This is um, any more details would be a bummer, um, but it got very contentious, understandably, because this is not just like an accident or a tragedy. It was both of those things, but it was just so negligent and unnecessary. Um so, yeah, there's no WWE with any like black spots in its history usually just tries to turn it into the fiction of the show. And like this guy came back, so it can't be that bad. And uh, this was basically the one isolated case, along with, I suppose, CM Punk for seven years that they couldn't kind of paper over and be like, everything is just your friends at WWE. Wow. Well, at least CM Punk is alive. Uh, I've always wondered about that. Not CM Punk being alive. Get why that's happened. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) with the Owen Hart thing, didn't Shawn Michaels, like, repeatedly, or maybe it was just one time, didn't he do the same thing? Like, not die, obviously, but didn't they have him up on, like, a wire, like, Uh basically going into the ring? Was that this after is a real or before? Bummer. The more stuff we have to say, he's like, "Are you crazy oh. right now?" Oh he no, did I'm do sorry. That. It was about three years before that, and probably it had been like rehearsed 
and done by professionals, and he was holding on to a thing uh, with his hands. What they were doing was they wanted to mock Sting. Sting, who you know from TV now, (laughs) used to, like, descend from the ceiling with a cord and a thing tied around his waist. But what they wanted to do was have him, he was like a fake superhero sort of guy, so he would be in Superman flying type pose. So it was tied around his waist. And they wanted him to look silly when he got to the ground, so they wanted him to, like, the the hardest to release and drop him stomach first. (gasps) So um, they rigged him with a a much less safe type of device. So his weight and the way it was configured caused him to drop because it was put together very uh, haphazardly with no care. Oh my so, god. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wow. What a bummer. I anyway, hope so Tony his, Khan can turn this around. His wife, whose life was ruined, like never wanted to come wave in the middle of the ring and be like, bygones are bygones. Owen Hart is a member of the WWE Hall of Fame. And the real tragedy is that he wasn't until now. So, oh my God. Um, but uh, yeah, when they, it, it was also about two years ago, they did the, the documentary on his death. And I think Martha, his wife, did some media. And one of the people she talked to was Chris Jericho. And I think she, uh, talked to Dave Meltzer too and got maybe a different perspective about wrestling and wrestling fans and uh, so that set this up which is nice yeah I'll play as him in that video game ooh that's cool much better than when that it's uh, not gonna have his stunt though what? Right? <laughs> what? There, if it were WWE maybe <laughs> nope I can confirm that will not be in there um, because you can't even give him Sting's entrance. You could make him probably make the snow come, but that's the only Sting thing you can do in that game now. That's true. <laughs> wow. What a question. Um, I mean, that's fair, because I was kind of thinking the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair question at this point. <laughs> I can confidently answer. Um, and this is the man who brought you the Brian Anderson debuts at the end of the pay-per-view news. Um, that won't be in there. There will only be story mode where you are invited to be a member of team Taz and have to decide whether you will join <laughs> team Taz or disrespect team Taz. Megan, what do you do? Disrespect all the way. No, you got a lot of gusto, pal. Jenny, what are you doing? Well, I'd really like to meet Huck. <laughs> That's right. She understands the power and prominence of these individuals who gathered here in a collection of talent known as Team Taz, representing the Team Taz lifestyle. Andy, disrespect Team Taz or join Team Taz? I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna respect Team Taz. That's what I like to hear. Oh, you joiners. His his Taz mission grasp readied. (laughs) And he relinquished it. Wow. Well, that's exciting. I guess my number one question is, are we going to be able to play as Hook in the video game before Hook has a televised match? (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, there's a lot of sons. (laughs) Like, I don't even know if they have any moves. I know. Do you think Brock Anderson rates a roster slot in this game? (laughs) They would just give him. And again, I don't want to be 
talk about sad stuff, but did you see the very beautiful clip where they showed um, uh, Brody Lee's son that he was in the video game? And he was like, I'm in the video game. I'm so oh, much... the, the general manager thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. He oh, has so many muscles. He said, he said, why am I so muscular? <laughs> <laughs> so there's very another sweet. son and I believe they gave him his dad's moveset. So oh, just follow nice. the same for Hook, right? Oh, yeah. It's like a different skin. Yes, exactly. But Hook, yeah. stature-wise, does not look like Taz. That's mostly no, hair, No, he man. certainly doesn't. It's all swoopy hair. <laughs> okay. Taz mission, things. head and arm Tazplex, inverted Tazplex, reverse <laughs> Tazplex. This is Hook's moveset. I'm and what did he do to, to CM Punk? A dragon sleeper thing, right? Yeah. So he has moves. He totally has moves. He, he's just, you know, he's he's laying in the cut waiting. Um, okay, this is news that I saw today. They made a signing. They made a very exciting signing. Is it Nikki Bella? It's not that exciting. They signed Satnam Singh, the first Indian-born man to be drafted by the National Basketball Association. He is a seven-foot-three <gasps> Monster who is reporting to the uh, Nightmare Factory. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I think it's really cool when super tall people get into wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, if they can do it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was drafted by an NBA team, so presumably he's somewhat athletic. Okay, I've only got Shaq as a comparison because he, he too was the basketball player who was tall who showed up at AEW. Well, this guy is half Shaq's age, so... Well, that helps, probably. I mean, Shaq did okay. Yeah. Can lift, Justin, a, what do you lift think? people are you, higher. Are you pro or anti-tall people in wrestling? I think if he joins QT Marshall's faction, the balance of power could be irrevocably shifted. <laughs> now, I looked... Oh, I looked a up member other, of Marshall's I looked up cuties. Other, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> did you just come up with that? Yeah. Nice. Um, I did look up if he was related to Dallop Singh, and he is not. I think Singh is just a very common uh, Indian name. It's one of their favorite names for sure. Um, <laughs> look, when you're that tall, imagine you receive a choke slam from so far up high, and or some kind of lifting tree slam from so mm-hmm. far in the sky. Yeah, like I'm picturing it. You'd lose the match, dude. <laughs> It'd probably feel like falling from 74 feet without Whoa, a harness. Oh, got dark. Look, Jenny, what? <laughs> you are. It's not me who has disgraced the show. <laughs> At the least sperm fruit, stuff was good. Fruit sperm was kind of funny. <laughs> you know, speaking of which, Justin, I, I, I need to mention, since the last time you were on with Jenny, which is was a couple of, I, th- I believe is winter is coming. Uh, was that really the last time? Like that you both were on the same time? Like fall? No, December. Winter. You know when winter. it comes. Winter was already there in December. Winter comes December first. <laughs> well, winter came well, that year, December second. Um, but you I have said Christmas only comes the... once a year. Sorry. <laughs> that line from James. Bond. the world is not enough. Reference. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Well done, Megan. Um, <laughs> Look, Denise Richards went to scientist school. She learned all that stuff. 
That's Dr. Christmas Jones. Um, <laughs> Please proceed, Andrew. <laughs> you no, know, no. I, but, you know, because of the Loki television show, mm-hmm. you have since come around on incest. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Old I business. don't think come <laughs> around should be the phrase that you use for incest. You should come around on incest. It, well, look. What do you think that song, Come All Ye Faithful, is about? <laughs> Joyful and triumphant? I don't like the what you guys make my attitude when I'm on the show. A gross <laughs> sex pervert of sperm and stuff. Um, no, the I context of this was the I, context of this was Game of Thrones because of, right. of of one particular incestuous relationship between twin brother and sister. That Jenny approves of. Well, well, and not not for the first like four seasons, but then finally by like you start getting into the last couple seasons, it's like they're really meant for each other. Okay. <laughs> and so I poked a little good natured fun in the course of the show. I'm playing a character, okay. <laughs> and then a show. Well, first of all, then I come to your show in the spring, and I warn you. A.W. Dye might go head-to-head Loki Wednesday nights. Yeah. Basically direct competition. This Loki show comes on. It is the most beautiful romance of all time, pun intended. <laughs> These are two hurt people, hurt people, love people, question mark. Mm-hmm. And they are destined. It is truly the epitome of a timeless love. And... Jenny was right, and I was wrong on this show, and I'm here to own up to that, and I'm here to apologize. Thank you, Justin. That means a lot. Guys, this is some bullshit. Loki and Loki is not incest. They're the same person. That's a whole different category. That's, like, the the epitome of incest. No. (laughs) (laughs) My response, if you clone yourself... And then you have a romantic relationship with yourself. That's not incest. Okay. Okay. The definition of incest is sexual relations between people classed (laughs) as being too closely related to marry each other. I think. Don't you think if you're. Yeah. You you can't marry yourself. Yeah, I I agree. (laughs) Yes, you can. There's a Lifetime movie about it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah. So that's not incest because marriage is allowed. Marriage is not allowed to yourself. Life a different version life. of yourself. Loki cannot marry his variant Loki. <laughs> well, I mean, because he's not a religion. <laughs> anyway, I, I can't I believe thought... I'm on the out. I'm the only one on the outside of this incest is good argument here, guys. Well, Justin, that's, that just sounds reductive. Justin, you've been corrupted. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it was the fruit sperm or what but this is alarming look I know you brought me on a slow week and we have to fill time with some silly stuff (laughs) (laughs) let's hurry along here you're right Uh, it is is a packed week Uh, one more news item Uh, Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men podcast reported yesterday that there will be a new secondary women's title coming to AEW in the near future. He didn't have any other uh, details about like 
what it's going to be. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It looks like he was on a podcast last night and elaborated. It is going to be called the TBS Championship. Oh, switching networks, getting a belt. Are yeah. they going to have to rename the TNT Championship to TBS Championship? Interestingly, no, because hand in hand with this news, uh, uh, Turner announced today that on January 5th, Dynamite will be moving to TBS, as we all expected and knew. Uh, but now, as it turns out, Rampage will be staying on TNT. So will the TNT Championship only exist on Rampage then? I mean, if they don't want people on the internet to complain, yes. <laughs> because that's what will happen. Well, there is a huge distinction between those titles, right? I mean, yeah, gender and one is for boys and one <laughs> is for girls. Yeah. The women will compete for the TBS championship. TBS, very funny. Yeah. What's TNT thing? We love drama or some shit? That's right. Okay. <laughs> it's the equalizer is on. Yeah. It was the accountant last night. It was great. Um, Can I, I, this is a free for all the AEW upper management Harrington types listening to our show. Absorbing the data. So, TBS Women's Championship. Vacant title, tournament, whatever. Comes down to Jade Cargill in the finals. Jade takes it, and Jade renames the title. That bitch's championship. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what's the S? Apostrophe S. Oh. Possessive. (laughs) So it's like championship in uh in in like uh, uh what do you call those uh what are the what are the C's that come at each other parentheses parentheses <laughs> <laughs> yes it's that bitch's championship <laughs> excellent okay this well, will be a, cool I can't wait to come back and talk about that yeah yeah I hope I hope you do um what do you guys think though like uh do you think that's Good, bad, or indifference, Rampage staying on TNT. Jenny. Oh, I, I was going to answer. It's hopefully the new championship means that we'll get more than one woman match per show. It might. It should. It should. And I was. Su- oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just surprised because they seem to be setting up so many like duos now that you could do. Or I guess that no one has said it won't be a TBS women's tag team title, but it'd be uh, fulfilling to see things like the nicest friends, um, Tay Conti, Ty Conti, I'm sorry, and Anna versus the meanest friends and over like championship gold. Um, and it, they haven't said it won't be. So I don't want to uh, uh, lament that that's gone yet, but um a secondary, I guess you make a list of all the people and just pretend some of the people who vanished, like once they were out of the their Brit feud, would be doing something else. Yeah, sure. I I was also hoping that it would end up being a tag title because I'm still still crossing my fingers for the uh, newly renamed inspiration to come <laughs> uh, come in and tear shit up. Is that with two eyes? I believe that is with two eyes. Yeah. They should. I am really well. 
maybe come up later. But yeah, I want a big tent of all superstars of the world. Doesn't have to just be the greatest workers there are. No, we give, need a give me that fiend. <laughs> no, don't no. What are you doing? <laughs> don't say that. Oh, I would never want to, you know, invoke them. <laughs> you can do like an Australian accent, yeah. Iconic. <laughs> have you ever listened to their podcast? No, how is it? It's okay. I like to listen to it just for the accents, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I heard them talk to Renee, and it's just uh, all those vowels. What a, what a treat. It's have lovely, you, right? Andy, have you listened enough that now you can tell who's who? Because that was my problem. They're, no. They sound I, exactly the same to me. I cannot tell. That's right. I listen, I listen fairly regularly, and I do. I cannot tell you who's who. I have to listen until one of them talks about... Identifies their the, husband, right? Yeah, like they talk about the Ron dog, and I know that... Uh, that uh, they're talking about Sean Spears, and they said, oh, "Okay, that's uh, that's Peyton." They call him the Ron Dog. The Ron Dog. I'm still Rondog. to this day really disappointed in their performance in Total Divas because I was really looking forward to seeing Peyton on there. They weren't on as cast members. They though, were. Right? They were supposed to be, and then it just like I thought they were just on for like an episode, and then they, they it turned out like they don't party. So I think they were really... supposed to be cast members oh, though, okay. and then they yeah. They just left. Did you see that episode, Justin, with with the uh, with Peyton and Billy going on no, a trip? Too they late not... in the game. Okay, yeah, they did not party, and everybody thought that they were kind of a bummer. Well, and not <laughs> only that, they they just left the next day. Yeah, because everybody got like really wasted, and they were, <laughs> didn't want to be around it. They don't party. I feel like I've seen pictures of them on Instagram with like drinks in their hands at parties. Not the saying you have to, but they said they didn't drink. Which is fine. Like, you can still, like, hang out with people and, like, be on a reality TV show and show all your charisma, Peyton. I mean, I don't know, Jenny. If I was on a reality TV show, I would need to be drunk 24-7 because it seems like it'd be super annoying to be sober on a reality TV show. I mean. So many questions for you guys who could tell me about what Demi Lovato has been, or no, what Demi Burnett (laughs) has been doing. (laughs) Oh, you mean like, oh, what's Demi, Demi the girl from The Bachelor? Demi Man. the girl from The Bachelor. It's Burn It, right? She, yeah. she had a rough paradise. Yeah, what happened? She, what went she wrong? She got real desperate and then tried to use her body to, <laughs> like, get a rose from someone that she was not at all interested in but wanted to stay on for TV time. Whoa. And then felt real embarrassed when it all backfired in her face. And then the next day he didn't want to, like give her his rose and it it was really sad and you you shouldn't use your body to stay on tv that's the premise of like 80 percent of people who are on reality tv jenny i feel like the pollen of the rose in a way is like the rose's sperm (laughs) oh god (laughs) you mean like in the exact way that it is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just a scientific theory. <laughs> so really, it's body for body in that way. I support Demi. Whatever happened, I take her side. Well, I should. I, I sent. I think I sent you a picture of her being really mature, handling exactly, it, not, not getting a rose. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh and God, did intrigued. she have a meltdown? No, she was. She was very mature she didn't like have her stung tuck, tongue stuck out in a really weird way <laughs> like, anything she like was that. furious 
She's so small and mad. And I was like, I want to know what happened. I'll let them explain it to me in real time on their podcast. <laughs> All right. One last thing before we go to Dynamite. Uh, it is the ratings of this Grand Slam show. And I will read from John Pollock's story on post-wrestling. In front of its largest attendance in history. Oh, this is the fun game we play every week now, Justin, where I uh, where I ask Megan like what she thinks happened in the ratings because she doesn't oh. follow anything. I feel like it got adversarial. I thought we were just having a good time over here. <laughs> it's a game. So what do you think? Gotcha. Do, you think, do you think they were up from last week, down from last week, even? I'm going to say, oh, because I feel like they're climbing a hill right now and I don't think they're ready to fall off the cliff yet. Okay, and do you think that they beat Raw for the third week in a row or not? Yeah, they beat Raw by a lot last week, didn't they? Viewers-wise, I thought. In the demo, they won, like, no, it was pretty close. Both both weeks they won. All right. I'm going to go. They are up from last week, and they beat Raw in people, not just demo. Whoa, Whoa. in total viewers? Wow. Okay. Justin, I'm going I, assume, with- I assume you have some cursory knowledge of what the rating was, right? That's right. Okay. I'm going right. with they beat Raw generally to save face. Okay. <laughs> what I'm hearing uh, her say is she thinks they beat Raw in males 18 to 49. Yes. Yes, that's Congratulations. true. <laughs> Justin interpreted it correctly. <laughs> okay. In front of its largest attendance in history, AEW Dynamite pulled its third highest viewership in the two-year history of the program. The special Grand Slam edition of the program from Arthur Ashe Stadium on Wednesday night topped all cable programming for the night with 1,273,000 viewers and a .48 in the 18-49 demographic. Uh, Let's see. After two consecutive weeks where Dynamite edged out Raw in the 18-49 demo, Raw did top Dynamite this week with 642,000 viewers to Dynamite 627,000. So, <laughs> Ew. yeah, but so WWE eked out like a 2000 person win and all they had to do <laughs> was put Roman Reigns on Raw for the first time in more than two years and two champion versus champion matches at the beginning and end of the show. <laughs> now, do you guys think AEW would have won in the demo if they had put the... Um, Brian and Kenny match on last because I feel like probably a lot of people turned like that's what they were tuning in for and then they they left I think I think so I I honestly do I think that I think that if if people knew if people had to wait for that match I think they would have I think they would have like averaged higher Mm -hmm. I agree that seems likely and also they split all their matches across uh, two shows if they had like a similar marquee thing to come bookend the show with like CM Punk's match um, but as with his debut like they've never taken one huge gigantic swing I guess to experiment and see what their maximum possible rating would be in a vacuum um, which I guess shows that they're in it for a long haul and not just trying to uh, destroy <laughs> some poor wrestling reporters Twitter mentions on a Wednesday or a Thursday excuse me Right, but yeah, I think you're 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 right. Where we, I don't believe ratings patterns have come out yet, but that seems like a pretty safe bet. I, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's pretty, 
as far as like being there for the long haul, I think it's pretty encouraging that they're getting that two hour special on Friday. I don't, I don't love it personally. It worries me a little bit, but, um, uh, but that that might be the long-term future, but uh, it, it seems like Turner must be very happy with what they have at this point. All signs would indicate that. Yes. Yeah. And now I now don't remember whether it was on, on your show or just uh, in written down words, whether you asked me whether I thought rampage would end up two hours and how long, but boy, do things trend in that direction. I think I did ask you that um, like in text, uh, um, like back when the like back when the show started like four weeks ago, um, <laughs> but yeah, it 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 th- it seems like it's going to happen, right? Like, I mean, it's literally happening this week. But I mean, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't bet champagne on it if I were on this show. Yeah, lose that champagne. <laughs> if they do go to two hours regularly, though, do you think they'll stay at the ten o'clock time slot or grant people mercy and move up to eight? <laughs> I don't think they're going to move up to eight because then they'd be head to head with SmackDown. Oh, it's just like this very long tomorrow's show or tonight's show, whenever this gets posted and people listen last night's show, depending on when you listen, (laughs) uh, um, should be a good experiment because it's it's loaded up and you can see just how many devoted people still want to watch John Moxley and his friend fight. A mean Japanese man and his friend uh, <laughs> at uh, you know eleven forty at night on a Friday. I haven't seen midnight. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny's not a devoted fan. That's going to suddenly <laughs> stay up till midnight for two. I haven't hours. seen her since WCW went out of business. <laughs> 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 He's pronouncing it with Y's in place of all the I's. I am. I <laughs> you am. have to. Gosh. I don't think I've seen her since then. I don't. I don't see where you would have. Uh, no, I haven't seen her since then. Okay. All right, everybody. Just let's stay talk until about... midnight. Be cool. <laughs> yeah, you're off tomorrow. Justin, do you stay up until midnight? Um, midnight. I would be happier the next day if I was asleep by 1130, guys. (laughs) So mostly no, but if I needed to, they were not going to play the man's song and I had to go see if the song was going to be played, then yeah, I could probably make it take a nap. Like when when the Steelers play Sunday Night Football, you're up till midnight, right? Right, yes. Yeah. Or Monday Night Football, I guess that works too. Oh, what a big game. Me versus uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. <laughs> Hope that Pittsburgh wins. You can't see her, but Megan's shaking her head. Uh, just mm. insane with anger. All right, let's talk, let's talk Dynamite. Uh, it was the Dynamite Grand Slam. We were in Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City in the Queens uh, borough of New York. I believe. And wow, what a cool looking venue. Zero tennis, though. No tennis. Yeah. Where was my Wimbledon reference? (laughs) Oh, the movie? Yeah, that's like my favorite movie. Me too. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Now Andy's horrified because we're going to go down this rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. No, I'd be fine. Yeah, no, there should have been a lot more tennis related stuff. 
I'm just saying, hang up, like, they don't have jerseys, but I don't know, a racket? Like, acknowledge that there's tennis somewhere. You have to get Jim Cornette in to do that. Yeah, you call it Grand Slam, yep. and then there are no tennis references. Um, someone could have hit someone so, with a tennis racket. Yeah. Stop saying it, or you're gonna you're gonna cause Jim Cornette to arrive. <laughs> he could have been on the show as Jim Cornette. <laughs> I mean, semi-serious question, but do you think that like no one else in wrestling can even get near a a tennis racket because it's it's too close to that, like. Yeah, his I mean, spirit is imbued in the strings, probably. Yeah, yeah. like you're summoning him. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you could ever get away with it, it would be when you hold your show at the U.S. Open venue and they didn't go <laughs> for it. So, do you think we'll get it for Rampage? I don't know. Maybe. Like, I'm certainly not staying up until midnight if I'm not going to get any tennis references. <laughs> Unless Paul Bettany's there, I'm going to bed. Sorry. I was about to say, like, if like if Kristen Dunst was like ring announcer for the night or something in character as Lizzie Bradbury, would that be okay with That'd you? That'd be pretty great. Okay. I would I would stay up to midnight for that. Yeah. Lizzie's uh, father would never let her go. <laughs> That's so true. It's irresponsible to be up that late when you're training. Oh boy! All right, I can do a serving tennis ball sound effect. It goes like this. No, that's my sound of uh, the tennis player pouring themselves a nice drink. Sorry, sorry, I was doing it, and then you're like, "I'm gonna have a sound effect." I, I, I put it down. Go ahead, serve, it serve goes, that ball. Uh, <laughs> wait, I need to practice once. Hold on. It goes like this. She served the tennis ball. That was it. Oh, cold reception. <laughs> you would not have won fish and chips from Paul Bettany with that serve. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I got call waiting at the same time. <laughs> anyway, I hung up on my mom. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay. We start with, of all things, Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. Now we've talked about why this, you know, like, oh, they might have won the ratings if they had not done this. But I, as a viewer, I thought it was awesome to start the show this way because much like the CM Punk Rampage debut, these fans were largely here for this. And, you know, like, might as well give it to them right away. Do you think there would have been chanting if they didn't? The way that you anticipate, like, CM Punk? No, no, not like that. But I just think that this was this would have been, like, the most anticipated thing on the show. And and also, they were going 30. So maybe there was a thought that, like, well, if we try to do it in the last half hour, what if a bunch of stuff runs long? Or... or, You just kick those people. Like, you gotta... Where... You know what? Their producers Tony, are not what they should Tony be. Tony Khan's not the best at that yet. He's not. And <laughs> I, I respect him because I feel like if I, if she's like, hi, I'm very non-confrontational. And uh, again, from the Midwest, if I was told you need to tell these people that they need to cut five minutes when they were out in the ring, I'd be like, oh, that's going to make them sad, you know? And I wouldn't want to do it. So... I don't know. I get it, but I am also not a producer of a television show, so I don't have to make these hard decisions. 
or tell people to get the hell out of the ring. We got more important matches to go. Well, fortunately, it didn't really come up because they did go on first and they went at full 30. The crowd was insane for the entire thing. Until? Until the finish. Yeah, the crowd did not like the draw. I think they got over it pretty quickly, though. I think they could have positioned the fact that there was a time limit better since they've literally called out times in other matches. So I read that in the building you could hear, uh, what's his name? Justin Roberts, uh, call out a five minute call, like five minutes remaining call that we did not get on television. We, I think we on television only heard the one minute call. I feel like usually they do a 10 and and also isn't the standard 20 minutes. Generally, the AEW non-title standard. I think that's correct. Yes. So they changed up the, the amount of time and then they didn't make it abundantly clear that they did that. So I can understand a little bit of agitation. The match (laughs) itself was still amazing, but Mm -hmm. I don't want to contradict anybody, but I was listening on headphones. And so I don't know if it was how it was mic'd or if it was intentional, like to be a little secret, but he did make, I think a 10, a 20 and a one call. And they were so muffled. It was like a conspiracy. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like I'm legally obligated to say this, but I don't want anyone to hear. And that was with headphones on right behind me. So I need to legally say these things. But, <laughs> but yeah, people definitely seem surprised. What are you, Were you watching on your television with like Bluetooth headphones? That's right. Look at you. Being considerate to my neighbors. Well, that's nice. Okay. That's how thin are your walls that you need to be that considerate? <laughs> I am paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I God, like I completely t- understand. Tony Khan telling someone that their match is being cut. I would be like, <laughs> just do whatever you want. I love you. Please turn your television up. I have headphones on. I can't mm-hmm. hear it. See? Exactly. <laughs> um, but yes, that's yeah. what I can report. And I would never lie to you. So in uh, the Fire Pro Wrestling series of video games, when you're playing a match, when whenever five minutes elapse, and any increment of five minutes elapses, the announcer will come over the game audio and say, five minutes gone, and so on. And so that's very helpful. I think that they should maybe implement that in AEW. I would take that. Yeah. Or maybe put it on the big screen, you know, just like a little, a little reminder. Yeah, like they, how they do with their um, Casino Battle Royale. Right. Or the Fox box in the NWATNA days of uh, Fox Sports programming. Uh, yeah, so I don't know how much I, this. I mean, this is a match that was uh, like I don't really know how much I want to recap it, but it because it was so uh, I don't know. It made me feel very good, and I feel like they left a lot on the table to to like do more in a pay per view match. But they still, but which is amazing because. They gave us 30 minutes and one of the best matches in the history of the company anyway. So uh, I was very happy with this. I was, I was, I, I don't know. I, I always were, I'm one of those people who still gets a little bit worried about Brian Danielson, even though he's obviously fine uh, and has been fine for years, but I still get a little like, I, I still get a little nervous and maybe he's just really good at selling. I don't know. When he does that move in the corner where he like, 
somersaults. I don't know move names. You know this. He still grabs the rope so that he doesn't land on his head. I find that comforting. But he oh, like, his, the running when he runs and does a drop kick in the corner. Yeah. Okay. So he doesn't somersault. Yeah. Yeah. But you know he prevents his head from hitting the ground, which is good to me. I like I like that aspect being added to it. Yeah, he didn't um, used to do that. <laughs> no, no. I remember he started doing it after he got a bunch of concussions. It's like good adjustment. No notes. Um, yeah. My, I do have notes about the state of wrestling, wherein suddenly everybody's chest turns into hamburger. <laughs> and that's like the new trend, and I hate it. And also, you know how like they take aspirin and when they when they know they're going to cut so that the blood runs thicker? There has got to be some equivalent secret to this chest thing because Miro, on the pay-per-view, he looked like somebody had taken just a, it's like, I don't know, like barbed wire to his chest when people were slapping him. And Daniel Bryan and Kenny, they both had like, it wasn't just redness, it was like cuts, like abrasions from hands. Like, I, I don't like this new trend. I don't want this to be the new thing that happens. It's real gross. Hate it. It's not even like Walter was slapping. No. I understood when Walter was doing it. It's very big. This ties into our earlier Danielson conversation, but I think what made it worse is that more than one time, Jim Ross very weirdly kept referring to DNA all over the competitors. Oh, <laughs> that sounds like the, it's a crime scene. <laughs> yeah. What if it's tree DNA? Oh, well, photosynthesis. Um, it's uh why did he keep saying that (laughs) but uh brian has vitiligo which is uh like a pigmentation type ailment uh so that means his skin color is more preserved in its beautiful white state for all the blood capsules in it to explode well that is very educational Justin, but it does not make me feel any better about mm. it. Okay. Do you think that now he's an AEW, he'll like, he'll like get spray tan, like get this tan in a can with the Young Bucks? Like, no. <laughs> Maybe if he turns heel. No, like, there's chemicals in that. <laughs> he wanted there's... a composting toilet. He's not putting <laughs> chemicals on his body. <laughs> All very true. Uh, so, anyway, so this was awesome. I love this match. Justin, did you love this match? I assume you did. I love this match. I, watching the show last night, I was like, this is a problem. Uh, The show is too good and satisfying. So, (laughs) and as a guest, I'm supposed to come on and talk about the lighter side of wrestling and some of the more kooky things that (laughs) occur. And now I'm just like, this was great. This was not only good in the moment, but it built things for the future, and it was very successful and satisfying. Um, I think, as Andy touched on, like this is a match where they went to a draw, and they held back on all their big moves and probably uh, reversals and counters of those moves with other moves and even counter-counters of those counters. Um, they mostly just fought, and it didn't even end with, like, a near match ending finish. They were literally just continuing to fight at an even uh, advantage when time ran out. And so 
their warm-up match to set up future matches that we'll probably call back to this match was still like a five-star match, which is pretty good. Um, I have no attention span for wrestling, and I watched this <laughs> straight through 30 minutes and was never bothered and was like, they're fighting each other. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was a it was a very fast thirty. I like I can't recall a faster thirty minute match um, that I've seen. I also just I mean it, this it was also very clearly that this crowd was like just they they saw this as like you know as a true dream match in a way that I I don't know that we've really had that in AEW yet. This might really be like the first one. Mm-hmm. It was clearly special, and it's like not even one of the elite people versus a Moxley who shows up, because, uh, I don't know, something about best on best and being, like, imaginary, made real before your very eyes. Um, And the setting and the context, it was all just so nice. A very nice thing. Yeah, totally. Um, So anyway, so they, they go to a draw, and... Uh, then the, uh, the elite run out and, uh, they triple super, the, 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 I believe it's the, uh, the super click, which is the trio of the young bucks and Adam Cole. They triple super kick Brian Danielson and leave him in a, in a very sad state. And then the, uh, the Jurassic Express run out to make the save and chase everybody off and Christian. And, and uh, Luchasaurus about six seconds later. Yeah, Luchasaurus got there a little late. He, you know, he he had some. He ran some errands before, <laughs> uh, and and then he got down there finally. Um, so yeah, so that sets up the big six man tag uh, tomorrow, as we record. And I'm actually, I think I'm looking for. I think that might be my second most anticipated match of this whole Grand Slam uh, week. I think that'll be great, guys. I have a question. Okay. How. How are they going to handle this now? Because they clearly need to have a rematch for the title. Yes. But Adam... A rematch? You'd have to be crazy. A rematch? Did Brian Danielson pin Kenny Omega? No. So then, as far as I'm concerned, Kenny Omega will never wrestle Brian Danielson again. Did John Callis join our call? (laughs) Justin, did you see what Kenny Omega tweeted after the match? believe so yes he he, uh yes he quoted uh the great apollo creed after he fought uh uh rocky balboa to a draw and uh or i guess was a split decision in the uh, win for apollo in the first movie maybe it was anyway Uh, it was eventually Um, overturned due to a failed drug test okay of course (laughs) yes uh and he but he said very famously to rocky at the end of that uh fight ain't gonna be no rematch because he didn't want any more of the Italian stallion. Sorry, the Italian stallion. And uh, Wait, which one? Who was the Italian stallion? Rocky. Rocky Balboa. So why didn't, like, shouldn't he's... He gave him the fight of his life. And he did not want to, he didn't want to face him again. Oh, so it was privately that he said that, not publicly. Yes. Okay. Rocky yes. happened before Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yes. But then Kenny Omega and his he he uh, he said ain't gonna be no rematch on Twitter, which is really preempting Denny's argument. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you think they'll have the six man tag and then like find someone else for Brian to fight? No, 
I think there am going to be a rematch. But yeah, but then but then Brian <laughs> Never. needs to win. And but Adam needs to come back and win the title. Oh, Paige, Paige, not Cole. Yeah, okay. Paige, of course. <laughs> Who cares about Cole? Hey, <laughs> when there's a Paige. <laughs> Okay. The Bible said Adam and Eve, not Adam and Adam. <laughs> <laughs> wow, but those babies, huh? If there was a way, I don't know. Babies. Beautiful. Those babies would be beautiful. Well, what if I suggested this scenario? And Jenny, you can tell me if you'll kill it and burn it and never let it happen, or you'll be happy. <laughs> what if Kenny Omega says, no, I won't uh, wrestle you. Ryan Danielson, of course not. What are you, freaking crazy and a liar? You're talking out of your gourd right now. The idea that we'd have another match? No. Period. Goodbye. Um, and uh, this is, you know, this is late September, early October. And then Ryan Danielson was like, I am a guy who liked to wrestle. I want to wrestle all the boys. And he does. And he beats them. And he racks up a bunch of wins. And he becomes the number one rankings man. And he gets a championship match at the November pay-per-view. Fool's gear. And then they have a match. And then it's longer than this 30 minutes. And it's not a draw. But Brian Danielson doesn't win the belt. And then Kenny Omega says, Well, I said it before, but now I really mean it. All these losers. No one. Not a damn man in the land who can beat me. Shut up, everybody. I hate the fans. And then <laughs> Page Man Adam Hang comes out and says, Remember me, motherfucker? <laughs> Winner is coming too. And I'm coming for you. Yeehaw. How does that suit you? Sounds like he turned into Yosemite Sam. <laughs> He's a cowboy, baby. <laughs> I think that would work. But Full Gear is Adam's pay-per-view. They created Ooh. it for him. So it should be where he wins the belt. What if he rode back in on a horse at the very end of the show? His horse it's... died. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, Justin, did yeah, you not Hunter, hear? Hunter Horse Helmsley died, unfortunately. Wow. <laughs> this show is full of tragedy. <laughs> I just realized that's not that's that's like that's a true thing, and that his horse died and was named Hunter Horse Helmsley. But maybe the week after <laughs> Triple H had a cardiac event might not be the best time to make that oh. reference. <laughs> Triple H, mean person who called Lillian Garcia a horse, so turnabout is fair play. Oh, that's true. He did do that. What a jerk! Like in real life? Well, like on like raw life. In quotation well, scripted, mark, right? joking comments. I think he's just a snide dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Under the guise of like being funny, huh? I'm Can't you take a that. joke? <laughs> oh, that okay. reminded me so. though, because I was like, she's a, a blonde WWE announcer with a podcast. Um uh when Jericho talked to Mark Henry, he said like when Mark debuted at the um double or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, he he just came out and waved, and that was because that show was running over, and so he didn't cut a promo. <laughs> he just had to go wave, and he said Tony was running around backstage, apologizing and saying this is fucking bullshit. So um, 
add that to your conception of Tony Khan trying to cut people's time. <laughs> and <laughs> go go to the Wikipedia and see who was on before that match and who was running so long, and then picture Tony swearing at them. Who? Okay. Okay, I'm going to do that right now. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know the secret answer. Wait, yeah. was he swearing at them or was he just swearing in general? Because a non confrontational person just swears and complains in general, not to the person that they're actually upset with. If I remember the anecdote right, he was swearing at them and said, this could never happen again or there would be consequences. Oh, okay. Oh, see, I was like right in lockstep with him up until that point because there would never be consequences <laughs> okay it was it was the kenny omega pack orange cassidy triple threat match Ooh. so he was yelling at kenny omega he's probably yelling at orange cassidy let's be serious <laughs> but he loves orange cassidy <laughs> he dressed so orange up cassidy was probably like whatever <laughs> that's that's true if you are a non-confrontational person who has to is forced into confrontation, you want to do it with somebody who's just going to brush it off and not hate you forever. Oh, God, that's the worst when you have to, like, I'm a non-confrontational person, and when I have to be confrontational at work, it's the worst when you're doing it with someone who is actually confrontational. Ugh. Jenny, now just picture having to have that conversation, but it's Orange Cassidy sitting across the <laughs> desk from you, and he just kind of doesn't care. Wipe that smirk off your face, Cassidy. You think this is funny? <laughs> There's a 50% chance that if he has his glasses on, his sunglasses, he's asleep anyway. It's true. All right, next up, CM Punk came out. And this, does this, like, fucking first hour just continue to roll around along with passion and power? And he was like, I'm so happy, but now I'm mad because these guys <laughs> tried to, these Team Taz men. No, that's not what he said. Yeah, he it is. He said, people say I should be, people want the mad CM Punk, the grumpy CM Punk. Yeah. But I'm happy here. And these people tried to make me mad, but I'm just come out here and I see your faces. I'm just happy. I'm just happy CM Punk. Uh-huh. So he's not actually mad. Okay. He was trying to fake be mad. He tried to come out with a mug. <laughs> and mean mug mean mug okay that's fair uh but he did choose uh in the in the story mode branching path he did choose to disrespect team taz <laughs> so he's on my team thank god finally all you joiners and essentially he just says like on rampage uh powerhouse Hobbs is going to sleep and as someone who Saw CM Punk wrestle Kane. I'm interested to see how that goes. And this is seven years later. And this is seven years later. Or more. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was fascinating because we got like the punk state of the CM Punk's life type promo. And most of his promos for wrestling with Darby Allen were like, Darby Allen, you're good. You're a good, good, good kid. What's going to happen when I fight you? And this was an actual person who did him wrong with rule-breaking tactics. So he really was mean at, at them in a wrestling way. And it was um, <laughs> clearly so artificial because he had to switch to it in mid-promo and called attention to that. But the man is good at doing wrestle talks. And I have to give him that. I just felt like the strange thing must have been because this it's like a big stadium with no roof. He seemed like he couldn't hear 
himself getting a giant reaction and was confused, but he was getting a giant reaction. The sound just wasn't traveling to him. So he would say things and then have like a quizzical look and then go back to what he was doing, totally unaware that he was getting a tremendous reaction. I I seem to remember, maybe it was like Steve, or not, uh, it was Triple H maybe, talking about wrestling in stadiums and how it's really weird because because you know like you only do it like once or once a year for wrestlemania so you're used to this rhythm of you know like nba sized arenas and then you're in like a big open air thing and and then it, it like takes an extra like few seconds for the sound to get to you mm-hmm. yeah so Oh Thanks. yes, I what, another people who said that was like the the six TLCs man at WrestleMania 17 who thought their match died, and that was because everyone was gasping and freaking out, and all the air went straight up into the. Oh, evidence. maybe that's maybe that's who I'm. Maybe I was thinking of fellow long hair Edge when <laughs> I heard say that. Um. Oh, can I also add? I forgot. Um. So it, it I am so happy that there are people in the world like your wife, Jennifer, whose souls have not been sullied by all the bad things that have happened. But I think part of the triumphantness of this last couple months is getting to see people who we know have had reasons to be miserable before look so happy and fulfilled. And CM Punk is like the prime example of that. This guy is so overjoyed and in his face when he walked out and saw this big stadium, he was just like, Hooray! And uh, uh, as a natural empath, it's so nice to walk into <laughs> other people's pleasant feelings and be happy for them vicariously. Yeah, for sure. And like Jenny, I mean, I know you've you know, you kind of came into the CM Punk thing. Like, like I don't like I I've heard of him, but I don't really. I've I, only heard Megan talking about him. It's like you heard Megan talking about him, and you knew him as a failed UFC fighter. That's true. But like you've really I really love him and I I I love the happy punk. I like seeing people get like emotional, you know, like just having that gratitude and yeah. just happiness. Like Daniel Bryan had the same thing. Brian Danielson <laughs> had um the same thing before his match where we'll he was just tearing yeah. up and um it's just it's not it, it's like a warm hug. <laughs> Yeah. That was it. Yes, the guy who said he felt nothing hit WrestleMania coming out for its main event. And then um, one, two, three, four, five, four and a half or so months later, you saw him just looking around and um, kind of really taken aback by the environment and the atmosphere. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that because I, I you know, I think a lot of people thought like the, the Danielson to AEW rumors were too good to be true. So I think a lot of people kind of tried to say like, well, you know, that'd be great if it happens, but I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But his wife that, is there. His father ex- Exactly. All that stuff. But like, but once that quote came out, like in that, in that interview where he said like, he felt nothing during the <laughs> WrestleMania main event, it seems like we all should have just been like, oh, he's out of there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's telltale sign of like complete burnout. Yeah. Of like numbness of feelings. I mean, been you there. Have- <laughs> Not that anyone's felt that at their job. <laughs> or is currently feeling that at their job. But... <laughs> Ugh, I love a brighter, happier punk. I just yeah. a way. And, well, like Brian Danielson has always seemed 
uh, you know, goofy and like kind of carefree in that way. So I guess I didn't see it as much as with him, but like CM Punk is just a completely different person than the last time he was on television seven years ago. And, uh, he also was on Renee's podcast twice at this point, but if you listen to the second one, he he talked about how he gained perspective and, you know, he got older and he he's seen people that he, you know, last saw in the locker room and he's had to apologize because he's realized, like, I was a total dick to you. I was not happy with myself or what was going on, and I'm sorry. So I think that's, like, a very heartwarming level of growth, and I can totally get behind somebody who does that? Um, I too love seeing just like joy in in people, people feeling genuine joy, and I think I'm just so happy he's he has that perspective perspective coming back because you know I I believe Andy told me that um, someone at WWE was quoted as like we we don't want him back because of like mm-hmm. his attitude problems, <laughs> but the it's like pill. yeah, but it's like well I mean, maybe he wouldn't have an attitude if. I don't know. The environment didn't suck. So it, it's kind of good to see he didn't come into AEW, be a total douchebag, and uh, kind of prove, you know, people, rumors and what people had said about him. So I, I feel glad for his emotional maturity and growth. And good for him. Good for him for, you know, being better, getting better. I, I hope, I don't know if he had therapy or what, but... <laughs> Seems like he grew. Good for him. Heal in the same place you got sick. That's what I heard. Yes, that's fair. I mean, they made Mox- the. Uh, oh, sorry, Andy. They made the same, uh, like to a lesser extent, criticisms of John Moxley too, and it was just like he's grumpy and he'll never be happy. He's <laughs> pretty, pretty happy and pretty content right now. So, can't yeah, quite I put was... my finger on why. Yeah, Justin, that was exactly the the uh, the comparison i was going to make too because i remember those i remember those like quotes that kind of like kind of came out about like oh he's you know he's it's he's hard to know and like he's yeah he's not he's he's a malcontent basically and like you know you don't but yeah he's he seems like he's having a blast and even brian in all of his positivity and and talking about that he he was happy in wwe and it was a hard decision they still said like so what's the difference between here and there that you noticed so far he said like well people backstage aren't so stressed out and bent uh, uh, like walking on eggshells and not afraid to make a mistake. And he's just saying this in a smiling Brian Danielson, like <laughs> report the facts type thing. But it's like, wow, man, no kidding. Uh, I think that's the, the joy of this. And uh, ever since like the, the Brody Lee thing that you talked about before is like, it's a show that says that it's wrestlers can have, agency and dignity and so many people are realizing like oh we don't have to live in like weird insane world if we want to be professional wrestlers yeah and even to like um not a lesser extent but somebody who's maybe not been pushed in the same way as pumpkin moxley have but i think tay conti said the same thing when she left it's like i quit or I, she got let go of WWE, but she wanted to leave because it was such a unfun environment. Like it just, she felt bad about herself. She felt bad about going to work every day, and then she thought she was going to quit wrestling. And she comes to AEW, and it's like a whole breath of fresh air, new environment. Um, and Diana Perazzo, she didn't come to AEW 
yet, but she said basically the same thing about leaving NXT to go to Impact. That ultimately, WWE kind of made her think she should quit wrestling. Which is such a bad endorsement (laughs) for, like, a workplace. (laughs) To say the least. Yep. Similar to Brian, it's like there was the same debate when Adam Cole's contract came up. It was like, all his friends are there, and his significant other is there, and there's more freedom. And he can keep his Twitch channel, yeah, goddammit. He can do that. <laughs> but, like, he really, the chugs. He, he really respects Triple H and Shawn Michaels, so mm, who's to say? <laughs> I feel like with Mr. Kevin Owenstein and Mr. Johnny Gargano, what if now we just started to assume that they're definitely going to go in one direction, <laughs> barring some kind of major surprise? I mean, I feel like I feel like the Owen Hart stuff probably makes Kevin Owens a, a done deal, right? Like that was the the viral ish tweet. I believe Mr. Right. Ian Ian Satan said it. It was like in the same month. CM Punk and Martha Hart return to professional wrestling. So, <laughs> is Kevin Owens um, related to Owen Hart? No, but like, so he named he named his son Owen. Uh, and he and picked also, his WWE wrestling name. Yeah, like he's Kevin Owens uh, because of Owen Hart. It was his favorite wrestler. Uh, yeah. Okay. Which I but, assume he'd have to go back to Kevin Steen if he. Well, left. yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, some hilarious guy said that he could the same way that Cody got around the last name and I guess initially being owned by WWE before they hatched it out or just didn't want to complicate it he would go as Cody and Brandy Rhodes right so (laughs) I remember that period (laughs) so then Kevin can Kevin Steen can wrestle as Kevin Owens wrestler and be Owen oh, apostrophe S, <laughs> just like that bitch's Wait, wasn't title. It, wasn't it Kevin? Wasn't it Kevin of uh, comma Owen's fan? Yes, Kevin, comma Owen apostrophe S fan. Kevin, yes, <laughs> Owen's fan. It's like that bitch's title. That bitch's title, right? Or champion? Or no, it's title because the title the, the the S is the apostrophe the S, S after yes. bitch. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we had MJF versus Brian Pillman Jr. Jenny, like, I, you know, you made a face. So, like, what? Just it, had like a visceral both, okay. reaction. We actually got to watch Dynamite with Megan last night for the first, for the second time ever. It was wonderful. It was my favorite Dynamite ever because I got to see my Megan. And. <laughs> You both were talking about how Brian Pillman Jr. was going to beat MJF. And I'm like, there's no way <laughs> they're going to let Brian Pillman Jr. win here, guys. Jenny, he showed up in his Bengals gear. He's a Cincinnati boy. He has Welcome to the they Jungle sound like music. Well, I have to root for him. And also, MJF called his mother Methany, which I think is really dark and weird. <laughs> so I just wanted Brian Pillman Jr. to to get one over on this very, very bad um, villain man. I, I, I think it was, it was hopeful. He's one of the meanest guys, but you got to look at the win-loss records. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was picking with my heart, not my head. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Megan and I were wrong. 
uh, MJF did win with the Salt of the Earth armbar. And, uh, and uh, I don't know. It was fine. Like, <laughs> Julia Hart was out there doing stuff. She was She's so cute. mad when she was accosted by MJF. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, she's a two-time All-American cheerleader, whatever that means. Yeah. Did you ever cover? I don't, at least I haven't heard you cover the important video I sent you of Anna J stealing Julia Hart's taunt. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that, that did happen. That was funny. Yeah. So we agree. <laughs> we do agree. Didn't Anna J steal Julia Hart's taunt too? Yes. But like, I didn't know what Julia Hart's taunt was, so that didn't mean anything <laughs> to me. <laughs> And Andy, how how dare you come for cheerleading, like being second in whatever you said her level was or whatever. Haven't you seen Bring It On? That's, That's a hard another important Kirsten Dunst movie. And yes. she did bring it on. Look. And then they brought it on again. Yeah. <laughs> it's been brought in. And then yeah. they brought it on worldwide cheer smack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is not a movie I've seen, but a title I'll never forget. <laughs> I've never seen Bring It On, actually. So oh, really? Oh, yeah. We'll have to pick it for a movie marathon sometime. I don't okay. know if it holds up, but oh, I, I think it, it was up. enjoyable when I saw it in high school. Eliza Duckshoes is there, and they're all. <laughs> Gabrielle yes. Union's in it, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. I like her. I think she's the one who <clears> said, <throat> Oh, it's been brought in. Okay. <laughs> Like, I think Kirsten Dunst gets the bring it on, bring it on title, like a fraudulent Christmas prince. Uh-huh. Um, but then I think uh, Gabriel Union gets the oh, it's been brought in. OK. Oh, my God. It's so good. Can't wait. Uh, we get a promo with uh, Christopher Jericho and uh, Jacob Hager talking about the men of the year. <laughs> and Jake, <laughs> what did Jake Hager say? Jake Hager had like Boys of the Week. Yeah, yes. of the year, more like Boys of the Week. Fucking <laughs> killed me. <laughs> it was like it was like when Kyle O'Reilly, when when Undisputed Era was feuding with the 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 TMDK, the Mighty Don't Kneel, and he said the Mighty more like the Weeky. <laughs> God. <laughs> you ever see the Will Forte and I think Jason Sudeikis weekend update skit where they played uh, John Bovey, the Bon Jovi opposite band? Oh my god, no. <laughs> so. Okay, look into it, and it seems like that's where Jake uh, took some of his lyrics from. Oh, speaking of Jason Sudeikis, I have to ask you something based on like some Twitter activity I saw from you mm-hmm. um, Sunday night during the Emmys. Um, so you made uh, a lot of tweets in the kind of uh, style of Ted Lasso. Yeah. Okay. So, are you a are you a Lasso hater or a Lasso <laughs> liker? Uh, I was. I am a Lasso liker who acknowledges why there is a bit of a pushback against um, the show. Okay. What? Doubling a- down against its on its niceness. There's a pushback against the show? It's such a well-behaved show. How could you have any pushback? <laughs> that was it. People thought it went leaned too hard into a show about nice people being nice. <laughs> Give me like one show or one movie a year. Like that's like that's all I get. Why why are you trying to take it away from me, public? <laughs> yeah, public. 
I think Ted had a very real, no bullshit, um, dark, like, run at therapy as a concept that was not funny. And, you know, that's the dark quota for Ted Lasso for this season. Seemed to peek around the Christmas episode where they were like, wow, this this episode really was just about people being nice to each other on Christmas. I mean, And, you know, and specifically parodying scenes from Love Actually. Yeah. I thought it was delightful. (laughs) Listen, 2020 was a real dark year. 2021, we have not recovered. We're still in it, guys. What's the harm in, like, a 25 to 30-minute show that is just about people being happy? <laughs> That's how yeah. wild it is. It's a well-behaved movie where nice, where good things happen to nice people. Justin, I don't know if you knew this or not, but um, this is specifically Jenny quoting Roger Ebert's review of Wimbledon. <laughs> where <laughs> she, she really latched onto that. <laughs> and, and if he he reviewed Ted Lasso, it'd be the same thing. And it would be wonderful. Like, let us just have this. Like, it's been a really fucking terrible year and a half. Let us have Ted Lasso. Right. Yeah, I watch well, plenty I'm of... I'm trying there. to take it from you. He's, where, he's every fucking where. I watch plenty Boy, of true crime it's fucking and bad things. <laughs> Justin, uh, Justin do you listen to Brett Goldstein's movie podcast? Tell me more. Okay, he has a, he has a movie podcast called Films to be Buried With. And he has a guest on and uh, he tells them that they have died. And huh. uh, then they, he goes through their life uh, with a series of questions about uh, like movies and how they influence their life. Hey. It's pretty damn he, good. <laughs> he was like a CGI man or something. So. Oh that's yeah. That I, was like a thing. That's what I hear. <laughs> All right. I don't need a phone and a watch. <laughs> Truly. All right. Uh, Jericho, I don't know how we got here from Jericho and Hager. Um, but... Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'll Just to long story short, it, it, it was poking light fun, and I mostly saw it as a writing exercise. Oh, okay. The uh, the SNL sketch? Oh, the Ted Lasso tweets by me. Oh, yes. the Ted Lasso tweets. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I enjoyed them. And now that I know that they were not uh, mean-spirited, I'll share them with Jenny. <laughs> I, I have to like I have to shield her from certain things if I if I don't if I don't understand the tone. That's right. She Justin, you'd negativity. never get invited back if she thought you hated Ted Lasso. <laughs> Shielding her from uh from uh, uh ambiguous tweets is one of the vows I took. Uh Je- yeah, Jericho does he invokes the name of Haku and said that he's gonna bite off Dan Lambert's nose like Haku in Japan and spit it into the fifth row, which I don't think is something that ever actually happened. Hmm. Probably we would heard have heard more about that. <laughs> like I've definitely heard the like dug someone's eyeball out in a bar fight story. Yes. Wait. Really? Oh no. <laughs> like oh, for God. real? I don't I don't know. Like it could be an urban legend, but that is certainly something that you hear repeated about Haku. What are some more absolute bummers that we can fill in? <laughs> so Wait. see, I don't even consider that an absolute bummer. I think that's an awesome story. I think I might oh, yeah. on it in the next room. <laughs> Wait, was Haku like like uh oh what's the the crazy man? Like legit crazy? Uh Jack Chris, no Chris Benoit? <laughs> no. No, that's sad. Um the violent one. The Chris stab- Benoit? <laughs> oh. 
God, it's really sad that I can't narrow this down further. <laughs> no. The, vi- the violent, crazy one? Yeah. It was silent, but violent. This Who are you talking about, Megan? Loud, but violent. Um, Is it a wrestler? Yeah. Oh. Um, Crazy. Brian Pillman? No, I don't know much about Brian Pillman. <laughs> Sounds um, like a guy who got in some public fights. There was a dark side of the ring about him. Okay. Bruiser Brody? No. Okay. Isn't secretly nice. Just is a lunatic. Isn't secretly nice. So not Mick Foley. No. And you don't mean Nick Gage, the guy who was just on the no. show you podcast. Okay. No, not a current season one. What was his stupid name? The fucking dynamite kid. No. Okay. He's okay. Mean. I need to. I gotta look up Dark Side of the Rings episode. Uh, um, this is like, like stabbed a reports. person in the ring. Stabbed a person in the ring. New Jack. Yes. Hey. Oh. Good job, Justin. That poor kid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So is Haku like, like, with a full on knife? I think. Um, but is like, is Haku like that? Is is that the level he is? Is is no. the eyeball story potentially real? No, it wasn't. No, well, I mean, it's potentially real, but he wasn't like a. I don't think he was a take liberties on opponents kind of guy. He was just like a kind of like a legendary bar fighter kind of. Yeah. Oh, okay, dude. so he kept his fights, his his shoot fights, out of the ring. I mean, right? If, if, total yeah. pro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Total pro. He's just okay. legendarily tough to wear okay. in the mid '90s WCW when UFC was becoming successful. Eric Bischoff was like, well, if I wanted to, I could just send Haku there to squash all the UFC fighters because he's the toughest man in the world. <laughs> so okay. that's his rep. Okay. Didn't Haku like, basically tell him, like, no? I can't yeah. Do that. <laughs> he said, I tore the eye out of some amateurs. Not some... <laughs> Their move doesn't really work. It's not Mortal Kombat. I don't think you're supposed to tear people's eyes out in UFC anyway. <laughs> that's not enough like sanctioned move no, that's that's against the rules megan thank you jenny <laughs> thank you octagon control yep wow okay i'm thanks sorry <laughs> okay next up cody rhodes versus malachi black and this yeah. is the source of the dumb debate of the week I don't have an answer to that. a surprise alexa's like don't, freaking out don't engage her sorry <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. What's the dumb debate of the week? Okay, the dumb debate of the week. <laughs> Did I Alexa. ask Alexa? Alexa, that? shut the fuck up. Did I accidentally I'm ask sorry. Alexa? Okay, Jenny has unplugged her. Okay. Uh, oh, you killed Alexa. You did, yeah. Anyway, so okay, so so Malachi Black is super popular right now. Very, people very much like him. Yes. Cody Rhodes comes out dressed like and Megan. I didn't know this because I don't watch this show, but. Apparently, he was maybe supposed to be Homelander from The Boys. Oh, I could see it. It's not quite there, but yeah, I could see that. Okay. Honestly, I think Brandy posted a like promo shoot from her um from their new show, and they're they're dressed like that on it. Oh, like it's some sort of like weird pro America propaganda for their show. The thing is, does anybody here watch The Boys besides me? I'm going to go with silence. Not me. Nope. Uh, you wouldn't like it. It's very violent. Um, But, like, Homelander is not a good person. He's very, right, yeah. very much the villain. That's what that's what I that's what I uh, hear. 
he's he's a bit like I mean, isn't he kind of like the U.S. agent? Uh, kind of in in that like he is he's supposed to be everything that is good about America. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's like actually bad. Like in public, he's Captain America, but behind closed doors, and also sometimes in situations where leave no survivors, he definitely is just a murdering psychopath. So he's like the decapitating Captain America from the series. Yeah, U.S. agent. That's who we're talking about, yeah. Oh, okay, yes. Oh, yes. I didn't know his official name. Yes, uh, he's he's very bad. So if Cody is hinting at a heel turn, maybe I see that. But if he's trying to be like, here's a pro-American hero, missed, missed the mark on that one. Okay, so, that, so you've hit on the crux of, of what the, the thing that sprung up over the last 24 hours is, which is that, like, Cody needs to turn heel, like, because he got booed. And <laughs> and there seems to be, like, there, there... I don't know where you fall, Justin, but I am kind of on the side that's like, well, Cody kind of just works to whatever his opponent is doing, or, like, whatever reaction his opponent is doing, and he always has, like, because like, he's, he's not especially during that TNT title run, it's not like he was only feuding with heels. He's the middleman, right? Yeah, that's the other thing I saw. I think I think it was the Voices of Wrestling uh, Twitter account today like pointed out that like he literally, he's the only wrestler who literally just like, he comes out, he doesn't come out of either the heel or the face tunnel. He comes out the middle. <laughs> Does his uh, lighting change based on his heel or face status? Is that... Well, that's the thing. I don't think he has a heel or face status. He just, he's Cody... And he adapts to whoever his opponent is. Well, that's what the Young Bucks did before they turned heel. And I liked them so much better before they went to whatever they're doing now. But, like, I loved that they would be a heel during a match. And it would be, like, awesome. But they wouldn't be what they're doing now. Right, yeah. What do you you think, Justin? What do you make of the whole thing? um, Well, there is a quote that I invented, which is... It goes, patriotism is the last refuge to which a scoundrel clings. So, I said that. Um, (laughs) Trump, you heard of this guy? Um, (laughs) I I think it's very funny that uh, some of the reaction to that match was like, how can Cody be so oblivious to not realize the people were booing him. <laughs> like, <laughs> someone is oblivious here, and it's the person <laughs> who thinks they're dunking on Cody Rhodes, who made confused, over-the-top faces at the crowd when they booed him, as if, like, to say, how could you be doing this to me in the most, like, uh, loud and demonstrative manner, and had a finish of the match that made him look like a buffoon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the and the, the facial the facial reactions. I thought that was like very Cena, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you've caught Jenny's attention. <laughs> Another um, Marine, a living <laughs> American true. hero. Um, yeah, I think I, the the large Cody discourse over the last year to me is like total brainworms. It's like people. We were talking before about how unprecedented it is for there to be a company that makes people, like, feel fulfilled and have dignity. And I think everyone's brains are so broken by that that, like, the only way they know how to talk about a company is, like, who is the guy who's 
cheating in real life, who is manipulating things, who is doing the wrong push and holding people down. And they think like there has to be a Triple H and there has to be a TNA Jeff Jarrett. And that's Cody decided, which is just very bizarre to me. And one of the most like egalitarian and giving companies there's ever been, especially for a guy who like loses to so many people. And so, so much of this like fury is just that Cody exists, which is like, he seems good and people like him. So why wouldn't he be one of the people on AEW TV? Um, So that's my macro take on it. But my micro take on it is like, yeah, it probably would be a good time for him to do like an angle where he turns heel or at least becomes meaner Cody Rhodes or conflicted Cody Rhodes. Wait, but he doesn't lose to a lot of people. I mean, he lost last night, but that's the first time I've seen him lose in a long time. But when you were on sabbatical, he also got beat up bad by the same man. Uh, well, but that wasn't a match, right? He just got kicked in the face. No, No, that that was the angle to set up the match. And then he lost in the match real quick. Oh. So Malachi's beat him twice in a row now. Okay. Okay. I did miss that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. He lost one of those matches to QT, didn't he, somehow? I don't think he lost the Did he? I don't think so. That would be extremely... Not that that's, like... Odd. A good thing, but <laughs> not that losing yeah. a match QT Marshall is useful. But <laughs> he beat Agago in that, but it was like apparently that was one of the outrages of the time. But it was like, who cares? This only exists so that there is a man for Cody Rhodes to beat. Um, but you know, he yeah, lost. I remember. That, that, I think that's for some reason. I think that be, maybe it's because it happened on a pay per view. It's like looms larger in people's minds, but. I think that was when a lot of people really got their backs up about Cody because of that, like, one result. I mean, I was annoyed by it because I thought they were trying to push Anthony Agoko and then Cody beat him. So, and then he disappeared from television. So maybe in the bigger picture, they knew that he was going away, but it was like they built Agoko up as a kind of a decent threat and then Cody beat him. And it was like, why did you do that? You could have put over somebody else <laughs> a go-go a went went but uh, <laughs> i think that yeah like so if you're a character on a wrestling show then there are some people who exist as like obstacles for you to thwart and uh if you lose to everybody then you're not really putting them over so like malachi black the sickest son of a bitch in the world he <laughs> beat cody rhodes <laughs> who had just overcome the towering threat of Anthony Agogo, the hardest punching man. Punch to the gut, take you out. I mean, that's the that's the thing too, right? Like, that's 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 a thing that I really love about AEW and have from the beginning is that the stars don't lose often. And because yeah, because if you lose to everybody, it doesn't mean anything when you lose. And and now the fact the fact that Alistair Black has won, or sorry, uh, Malachi Black <gasps> has won two in a row over Cody. Like that's actually that actually seems important because I don't. It's never happened before in AEW, right? And when um, Luke Harper like crushed him in a, they, they were different like kinds of domination, but sort of the same template where Cody had to go. 
go away for a little bit. So he, he was like completely emasculated and destroyed by another wrestler. Um, that's uh, it means more that you beat one of the protected guys than it does if you beat someone who wins sometimes and lose sometimes. I think they took the, the Darby Allen story seriously too, right? Like they tied and then he beat him and then, oh my God, he beat him. What an accomplishment. Yeah, it was like this, it was like this hill for this, this mountain for Darby to climb. And, and that's what like kind of, you know, made Darby like, you know, like made him break through as like a top guy. And then went on to like draw the biggest buy rate in wrestling since uh, 1999 for a non yeah. company. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's really Cody who gets credit for that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. Um. <laughs> but yeah, the the thing is like, why is Cody doing all the manipulations? What was it like? Zombie Sports Illustrated or Bleacher Report or one of those things that had like a think piece about that being like the problem with AEW is Cody Runnels. It's like so dramatic. I really think like, yeah, there's, there's just prisms that people have of how they're supposed to talk about wrestling in a sophisticated way. And it's like the manipulating politic man who does mean things. <laughs> so I guess that has to be Cody Rhodes, but um, for tunnel truthers out there, if you notice that at uh, all in uh, Adam Cole, even though he pretended he was there to confront the elite he really came out of the mean tunnel and then on dynamite arn anderson came out of the nice tunnel but where did brandy come out of she came out of the mean tunnel that's true i did really have access to there unless she was mean (laughs) i also i also saw some like secondary outrage today over brandy the spot where Brandy got in the ring and sat across from Malachi Black and flipped him off. Like, how dare she not be terrified of this this mean heel? She should have been scared he was going to do a spell on her. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, everyone you know, knows the already... spells happen outside of the ring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she already had that whole terrible storyline where she was involved in all that spell work. So she's not scared of it. I also loved she did that and Malachi Black... <laughs> Like it amused ah, him. Like he, was, he, yeah. he he was into it because he didn't make him look bad. <laughs> no, he was like, "This is hilarious. This lady's coming at me and flipping me off." Like he was not threatened, but he reacted in a way that was like, "Great, I loved it." I did. I did love how the crowd reacted to that though, because like when she got in the ring and and mocked his pose, they booed really loud. But then <laughs> she gave the Steve Austin double bird, and they went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Like she said a swear. <laughs> uh yeah so cody and malachi had a match and um arn anderson accidentally fell off the apron at one point oh that was <laughs> was that confirmed accident because i felt so bad for him i mean i don't know if it was confirmed, <sighs> confirmed but like it, it, he was clearly trying to get from one side of the ring post to the other but why didn't he just walk on the not on the ring I, I think he hasn't probably done it in a long time, and he probably didn't realize his belly is a little bigger than it was the last <laughs> time he had, to, he had to do that in, like, 1989. Center of gravity is off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he, We're working but, but, in the pandemic center of gravity, guys. They've shifted. But do, and I, God, and never, never, I, I've made this point a few times, but never uh, before has it been so amazing to me that Arn Anderson and Sting are the same age. Uh <laughs> As, what? <laughs> yes, it's true, Justin. Oh my God, you've shocked Stop doing Justin. Podcast lies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, because yeah, so but the, you know, Arn, the pro that he is, he did he did scramble back to his feet and jump up to the apron for his spot. But uh, uh, so that's but, yeah, it, right? Like, like if it was a poor old man fell down, then that would have been the distraction itself instead of him coming back to do the <laughs> fake yes. wrestling distraction. Brandy was right there to. She did the thing where she stayed in character, but obviously made sure he wasn't injured enough that he couldn't do his spot. So, you know, good for her. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so, yeah, so I I, th- I enjoyed their little match. Um, I I thought it was good. I liked I liked actually really liked the leg work because and I thought Malachi Black was really good selling the leg where he would like try to do his his leg stuff and he would like wince. He'd be like, oh, no, it hurts too much. <laughs> That's my leg that I like to kick with. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. And uh, but he finally but he did. He did end up getting the win after he spewed black mist Ugh. into Cody's face. And it is still COVID times. Yeah. Stop they all, this they stuff. all get tested a lot. I think we just have to let that happen. Hey, so you have to, to go to Arthur Ashe stadium, you have to be vaccinated. So do you think, do you think that like people we didn't see on the show and might not see on tomorrow's <laughs> show might be an indication of who's not vaccinated in this company? That's pretty fascinating. They loaded um, up that lineup so rapidly. With like, are you talking about Jericho? Is that what you're saying? No, Jericho worked the rampage taping, so he would have to be. Okay, so who are you specifically talking about? Well, where was Griff know. Garrison? <laughs> yeah, I asked that while we were watching because he's supposed to be Brian Pillman's like BFF and yeah, in his Julia Hart. His team. No offense to Julia Hart, but she is not a counteraction for the Wardlow. I th- I was hoping she would kick Wardlow in the face, though, you know? Sammy Guevara, not there? Yeah, he Sammy was. Sammy Guevara's an anti-vaxxer? I don't know. I really like Sammy. I don't want that to be the case. Miro wasn't there? But these <laughs> yeah, are he people... Was. He did a promo. There was a backstage... It was a pre-tape. No! <laughs> but these are people who may show up on Rampage, so like... Yeah, does, does Orange Cassidy have an angle on Rampage? Oh, shit. There? Oh! Guys, I'm not... I'm not okay with this because I. Because you what? Jenny won't I'm support so anyone not vaccinated. Fucking sick of the people who won't get vaccinated, <laughs> so I can't live my goddamn normal life. Well, I mean, <laughs> is there nothing to be said of like they don't want to fly some people out to New York because it's not like they're at their home base of Daly's place, you know? Like maybe they just I, don't. Well, wanna... I think I think it'll be interesting when we see who doesn't end up working the dark elevation taping. Like I said, I don't know who, who worked those matches. Oh. I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. A He's few just trying, were... You're trying to stir some controversy, aren't you? I'm, I'm really not. Right. I'm just, I, I noticed the Griff Garrison thing because it was really weird to me that he wasn't there. I, I did think he should have been with his buddy. Okay. I've got, spoiler, I've got the spoilers for, for dark elevation. Okay. Okay. Here's all the people I'm excited to vaccinate. This is great. Oh my god. Silver Reynolds five and ten wrestled. Hey. Paul White wrestled. Wait, what? Good. Again? Yeah. And uh, that's it. Yeah, that's a, gonna be a short. Oh no. Well, I guess I guess they had so many unvaccinated talent they couldn't fly out. Wow, the elite beat has confirmed that Thunder Rosa is not vaccinated. Whoa! Don't put any oh, of no, this on Thunder us, Rosa Justin. Did wrestle. 
Thunder Rosa. Okay. Thunder Rosa wrestled. Uh, okay, that was so there are three matches. Okay. Good. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't recognize it because this person on WrestlingInc.com wrote Thunder Ross, and I just kind of <laughs> my eyes just kind of passed Wait, over. Wait, is he That's talking about Hulk Jim enemy. Ross? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Justin's correct. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So that was that match. Uh, wow. Do you think? Like, do you think Orange there's Cassidy, be... Are you are you vaccinated, Orange Cassidy? I said, well, I took a vaccine. Does that count? <laughs> Be more what? specific. <laughs> He's weird, apathetic. Some kind of oh, okay. weird orange peel vaccine. Is my idea. Oh, don't make Orange Cassidy in one of those weird health blockers. Yeah, something <laughs> a real holistic thing. Whatever. I feel like Chuck. He used to didn't didn't he used to be Chuck's roommate? I don't think Chuck would let an anti-vaxxer roommate with him. Look, it's your accusation to all these people slander libel on a <laughs> yeah. podcast. It is quite an accusation, Andy. Yeah. I'm going to go with travel travel payments. They don't want to make people travel if they're not going to be on the show. And that's okay. what they said about the bastard pack, and that was COVID, wasn't it? I, was it? I thought I he was in so. England. <gasps> pack, no. <laughs> well, just that he had it, not that he was not Pack's bags. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, Justin, do you think that the that Cody will suffer any like comic book uh, consequences from being black misted? <laughs> hmm. Like the paint stayed on him and became a man from uh, the fifth dimension. <laughs> yeah, something like if he turns him into Bizarro Cody or something. Like, I don't know what I don't know what Black Kryptonite does. But, you know. <gasps> Bizarre dust. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's Cody. His references, like I watched the boys. I didn't get it. But it also makes total sense if he's Homelander. But also, like, Cody, be more obvious for your mainstream crowd. Yeah, like, the um, what we thought was, like, Johnny Cash coming, but it was actually, like, the death of Superman return. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, hey, Black Kryptonite can separate the personalities of a single being into two separate beings. Ooh. He but then the they still won't be able to marry Megan. <laughs> yes they will <laughs> there are no laws on the books that I know of that you can't marry yourself okay oh, I have if you go to geocities.com slash jmsajpyro you can read some of my slash fiction where Stardust falls in love with Dashing Cody Rhodes and they kiss so you're clearly just giving the people what they wanted they asked for it so and then undashing Cody Rhodes comes in at the end and he scowls at everyone. Is that the one with the bag on his head? Yep. Oh, perfect. Justin, that's, that's not a real it. website. Uh, oh, Andy checked you online. Oh, try web.archive.org to waste more time. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. What do we got here? Then then we had our promo, our pre-taped promo, I'll remind you, for Miro versus uh, Sammy Guevara. <laughs> Stop trying to stir shit. It's very exciting. Sammy and Miro are going to have a TNT title match next week in Rochester uh, in Brody uh, Brody Lee Land. Uh, for uh, and 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 Sammy says if he wins, he is going to buy Fuego a new car. You know, which do you I think don't know. Like of equal or greater value? Like, do you think <laughs> he'll go up because Fuego's car got kind of dragged? As far as like, it's not very fancy. What car did he get? 
He bought he bought a Hyundai um, sedan, and I was telling our friend uh, Jason about this, uh, former former guest host of this program, uh, Jason Steele Spencer, and uh, he started uh, slagging Hyundais, and and then I had to awkwardly I tell him that like that like listen motherfucker, we are a Hyundai household over here, <laughs> and uh, and he quickly apologized. <laughs> Look, I'm not I'm not like throwing shade at like budget friendly cars i think we all drive them i don't justin i don't know if you're flying around in some sort of sports vehicle that costs more than a house but if you are i'm sorry um drive a 2016 nissan altima hell yeah okay (laughs) so like i'm just saying um fuego bought a very budget friendly car and i don't think that that's a bad thing it's just he put it on the line Against Miro, who I'm pretty sure could just like, like, I don't, you could like have it com- trash compacted and not miss a beat. Like, it, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's not quite, you're not quite raising the stakes there, Fuego. Well, this is what I'm worried about, Megan. I'm worried about Sammy's going to buy Fuego a new car and then Fuego's going to cash that in for like another title shot and, <laughs> Fuego. and just get destroyed again. Oh. Because he's, he's shown himself to be an idiot. That's true. That's true. But I guess my my original question was, so does Sammy gift him, like, a very expensive vehicle instead of just an equivalent to what he had before? I don't think Sammy has that kind of cash. I mean, you could play the game where, like, you just use one of Shad Khan's cars that he has around. Like, uh, when Jericho fake had that fully loaded <laughs> Ford F-150 that Moxley stole from him. Mm-hmm. And then ran into the Young Bucks trailer. So I guess that truck is out of commission but also i'm pretty sure moxley still has that sports car somewhere yeah the like anything, sports car yeah sammy should be afraid of vehicles since they like tried to kill him for a few weeks right like that stephen king novel movie <laughs> yeah Christine? yeah when all the cars tried to kill sammy Guevara for a few weeks so hey he should have this week's hesitation. this week's episode of blank check was about christine coincidentally hey. yeah well 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 yeah uh yeah, so all this stuff about Miro and Sammy. They're gonna have a match. Yeah. All after right. last week's dynamite, I said, Andy, are they gonna make this uh Grand Slam week so loaded that Sammy Miro and uh Proud and Powerful and Lucha Boys will fight on that too? Is it this is like a better lineup than um uh uh, uh the pay per view that just happened that was one of like the greatest pay per views ever. But it seems like Sammy and Miro have been given the responsibility to maintain the momentum of this week as like the one marquee match that's still outstanding. Oh, and I guess I thought orange Cassidy, Matt Hardy, the hair thing was being set up for this too, but that seems like that might go all the way to like its own main event of a TV show. I, yeah. And I think, I think Miro and Sammy, I think that's a pretty hot match. Honestly, Sammy's like the first person I would actually believe could take the title from Miro. I think and Sammy it is in... needs... Go ahead, Jennifer, please. Oh, I was just going to say, I think Sammy needs a little bit of a push. As long as he's vaccinated. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the bar has been set. Jericho said in an interview today that the inner circle had unofficially gone their separate ways, but would stay friends on TV. Really? Yes. What? What? <laughs> yes, what does said that mean? part of the all out media he like he asked tony if he wanted he thought they should do a segment on the show 
where they all decide to go in their own directions. And Tony said, no, let's just have you stay loosely affiliated, but go do your own things. But everyone will still know you're still friends. It's like that. That's like a I guess that's a better version of when Ambrose turned on the shield and Roman was like, well, <laughs> no. So I guess you can handle this. Like, right. <laughs> is this truly what conscious uncoupling is? Yeah. <laughs> they just all got very busy, okay? <laughs> don't you ever read those memes that are like, just because I don't respond doesn't mean that I don't feel our friendship as intensely <laughs> as I did? Lives are crazy, and I'm still rooting for you, but I have to practice self-care. Lives are crazy. Mm-hmm. And what's even crazier is that uh, fucking Sting, as the same age as Arn <laughs> Anderson is out there on dynamite looking like a million dollars and looking like actually finally earning his 2016 induction into the wrestling observer hall of fame. This match ruled. This match did rule. It's FTR versus sting and Darby Allen. FTR were dressed like the NWO for some reason, I guess maybe because it's a group that hated sting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are in fantasy camp and they are in fantasy camp and uh, they wrestled stinger and Darby Allen Sting wore a new Sting and Darby Allen tag team t-shirt, which means I think that they are going to get a title shot at some point, and they should, because they keep winning these matches, and I really want to see Darby Allen wrestle uh, Ray Phoenix. So, uh, for all these reasons, I think that should happen. But this match was awesome. Um, FTR rules, uh, especially in situations like this, uh, when they get to... Um... FTR doesn't follow the rules, though. What do you mean by that? They were both in the ring constantly. They lived in the ring. They did. Together. There was no tag team rope. There was no tagging. There was just two men in the ring. Well, you're not wrong. As specialists of tag team competition, they know the exact amount of time they can legally spend in the ring. Is it the entire match, Justin? Because <laughs> I think that's not true. Isn't it? Isn't it canonically a 20 count in, in uh, AEW? Or is it a 10 count maybe? I don't know. I believe there's some kind of fake leeway, which is better than the opposite direction of WWE secret tag team where you're only allowed to break (laughs) up a pin once or else they will disqualify you and confuse everyone. Right. But also didn't FTR demand their own specific rules around the counts and the, and the tag rope or whatever, like didn't they demand that their tag team counts be lower than the company wide ones because the company was too loose on that? I just remember the tag rope thing. I don't remember about like lowering the counts. <laughs> I feel like they made it so that it was a harder, like harder for them to cheat, but no one else because that's, you know, why would they make it harder for everyone else? Got to hold yourself to a higher standard, Megan. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what they went in saying. They're secret hypocrites, and I remember they signed special <laughs> contracts, and then they drank drinks with Adam Page afterwards. So that was probably in that paperwork. Yes. See. Okay. I knew I remembered something along that line. Yes, vindication indeed. And there were tag ropes. I remember seeing them hanging limply and FTR just not using them. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Okay, well, maybe they're losing they're their way. they're hypocrites, which means they're heels. Yeah. I mean, you know I think, I think oh, our outfits. Ahead. I think their <laughs> outfits showed that they were being heels. And also from heels was Stephen Amell, who was Cody Rhodes <laughs> and CM Punk's friend. <laughs> I've not seen any of that, so I can't say more. We have. 
Okay, good. It was a little darker. <laughs> it, was, it was no Ted Lasso. Oh my no. God. What if there was a Ted Lasso-esque wrestling show? Guys, there was drug use. <laughs> what? Yes. On a wrestling show? Yes. No. An old wrestler gave prescription drugs <laughs> to a young wrestler who was not prescribed those drugs, and then those drugs were used later in the episode. Justin, Andy. That's an illegal crime. This isn't true to life. It can't be. No, this is a fiction uh, concocted by the, the geniuses it stars. Okay. I, I was Loki under the impression. Loki Michael Waldron. <laughs> created. Oh, gosh. oh, that's right. He is that guy, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Also, GoPros are purchased. Yeah. Hey. Wait, I thought that show took place in the past. That takes place in, it's a contemporary show. Oh, for some There's reason, I just pictured it. It's like an 80s show. So you could see why you might think it's an older show. No, it's like the whole, the conceit of the show is that like, it's like a, it's like a old, old fashioned wrestling territory that's on its last legs because something like that shouldn't exist past like 1985 anyway. So. Okay. That's the probably why I thought it was set in 1985. Yeah. It's just, um, so anyway, uh, Sting did a flying crossbody. He's the same age as Arn Anderson, uh, <laughs> from what I've been told. Uh, and they are a good tag team. Yeah. The move they teased that ended up being like deferred for the even cooler finish was like a scorpion death drop, coffin drop, double drop simultaneously. Yeah. That's such guess, a good idea. These guys I guess are they... a good team. I guess they still have that, like, in their back pocket, right? Like, yeah, because they didn't connect on it. Oh, man. That's how they should win the tag team titles. <laughs> when Sting had, like, his vivacious performance against 2.0, it was like, we need to see Darby and Sting versus the Young Bucks. I was like, no, that is not safe. Do not make Sting go through the Young Buck rigmarole. And I have done a 180, and yes. <laughs> This is a match that needs to happen. Sting and Darby versus the Young Bucks and Punk and Bryanson Super Friends team versus the Young Bucks. I can't wait. There's only like 25 matches over the next three years that I'm excited to see. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Sting and Darby win. It was really fun i i don't know exactly where it's leading to but i hope i hope the i hope it's yeah i hope the uh, young bucks would be a good destination i think that's that sounds like a pay-per-view match to me honestly so uh and that takes us to our main event uh aew women's title on the line dr Britt baker dmd versus ruby 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 soho ruby 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 soho destination Brit. unknown destination known because she is under contract to aew and uh, this one uh, does not go her way as the doctor uh, gets the win after cheating after some she really cheated too. It must be acknowledged. Yeah, she did. <laughs> uh, like um, Jamie Hader, who uh, back on your first appearance, you confirmed was one of Brit's haters is now uh, not one of Brit's haters. She is in fact uh, Ruby Soho's hater. She's Brit's hater. Yes. Yes. <laughs> With apostrophe. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, I don't know. This was good. I, I like the, I've seen some like people being like, oh, this was like, what a bummer way to end the show. And I just mm-hmm. think like, well, you know, I mean, it was cool. I think it's cool that the women's title made evented. That's probably a good thing to put, a... put in people's minds that this is an important title. It has been a long time since the women's match main event. I think the only other one was when they had that really bloody match with. Was Brick. that for the title or was that? I can't remember. It wasn't for the title. Okay. That I mean, match was not sanctioned by all elite wrestling. Oh yeah, it was the lights out one. So I guess you can't call that a main event then. Well, yes, you can. I mean, I'm going to call the match tomorrow night with Moxley and Kingston a, a main event. It's a lights out match. And Why Moxley because it's too it's too dangerous to sanction. And if everyone wants to stay in the arena and watch these people fight, there's nothing we can do about it. But formally, the show ended 25 minutes before the hour. <laughs> yes. So that one will truly be the last match of the show then. Yeah. The first. yeah. Okay, even though they've been doing that with Rampage. Yes. Yeah. That will be the very last match. That I, is I think... too late for Wait, me. Wait, yeah, is Mark Henry going to talk to Suzuki and Archer? And God, I hope Oxley so. And Kingston? Oh, hell that yeah. sounds great. Yeah. No, I think the opener is going to be the six-man tag. Okay. Which is the right match to open That's with. That's, like, still kind of late for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just think if you were in the crowd at Dynamite, and then you had to stay around mm-hmm. for another two hours to watch oh, Rampage. I'd be psyched. I'd be so happy. You'd be there by yourself. I'd be having a lot of COVID paranoia, but I'd be I'd be <laughs> excited. Jenny would be in the car sleeping. <laughs> Jenny, what is your natural circadian rhythm? She goes to bed before the sun goes down, dude. Oh, my word. No, I normally go to bed around 9, 9.30. In the summer, the sun is up. In the summer, the sun is up. I've seen you go to bed when the sun was up. Yeah, well, the sun stays up really late in the summer, Megan. Oh, Jenny. No, it doesn't. (laughs) God. So, yeah, um, that was the show. And I it, it was kind of like it was like a pay-per-view. Like th- there were only a couple of promo segments, which is it's usually like you get a, like a more of a mix on a dynamite. But I think they were trying to make this one feel a little different. And uh, yeah, I mean, between, you know, Stinger finding the Fountain of Youth and uh, the uh, the dream match at the beginning, I think they really I think they really hit a home run here this week. I think I have to eat my words a little bit with Sting. Yeah? Yeah. He's awesome. Well, let's I, this is, this is not go all the way there. Don't I swing really, too far. Yeah. I really liked this. I just was really... It's just because I was around when he came back in WWE and it was a freaking nightmare. And I've just never forgiven him Which, for that time that I lost in my life. Jenny, like based on minutes, based on the conversations we've had tonight about WWE and the environment they foster, maybe Sting did bad because his workplace sucked and he had too much pressure to be great when he was uh he's a man of his sixties. You know? Yeah, I think he did bad because he had been out of wrestling for a long time and then didn't train properly to get back into it. But he's clearly trained. I am very impressed with with what he did and I'm I am excited about the um Derby Dad Sting <laughs> duo. Face big dad. 
very considerate that Dax Harwood was like, Sting, you'll never have your match with The Undertaker that you wanted, but here would be a cool finish to that match if you did. See how a <laughs> tombstone can go into that? <laughs> I was I was having flashbacks to the, uh, like, I think it was like a Sting-Goldberg match where they did, like, tombstone reversal spots, and I, and I was just thinking, like, oh, God, they're not going to, like, they're not going to trust him to, like, reverse into a uh-huh. tombstone of his own, are they? <laughs> I was afraid. Yeah. No, they, they handled it well, though. Guys, is yeah. Sting the one who went on while Owen Hart was dead in the ring? No. Is that who they cut to? No. Okay. They didn't why cut did, to anyone why, why except the crowd. Because you were talking about the tombstone and stuff, and you guys said that they cut to, like, a tombstone Oh, uh, no, no. Um, Undertaker was in the main event. Um, all of this is a bummer. They, I think, believe they cut immediately to... Owen Hart's closest friend in the company at the time, Jeff Jarrett, who had to do like, they're like, okay, Jeff, go do your interview. So he and oh my God. his valet, Deborah, were like, had uh, tears in their eyes and were trying to be like, well, uh, Val Venus, when I get out there, I'm going to uh, beat you in this match, blah, blah, blah. It was grim stuff. That's so dark and terrible. Megan, watch the. Watch the Dark Side of the Ring Owen Hart episode. I'm going to. I just, I, I kind of stopped at it because, um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to be sad. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it is very sad. Uh, you know, what was also sad was watching it as it happened in real time and paying money I, to have seen it. I did yeah. not order that pay per view. I don't. I think. Yeah, I didn't order that pay-per-view. I don't know why, but I, I luckily I didn't I didn't see that pay-per-view until like 15 years later. So mm-hmm. I did. Good opener. I did call, I did call Xbox to... and Mark Henry hot opener. Uh, you know what? That match is great, actually. So Justin, <laughs> as a person who watched that pay-per-view, did you did they tell you what happened in that pay-per-view? Could you see it? It was not on camera. They cut away from the ring for a very long time while they like attended to him in the ring. They went to the announcers in very hushed voices who were like, there was a terrible accident, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then like the show continued and they, well, everyone was traumatized. They still like went through the motions of the rest of the show. And then a little bit later, they cut back to the announcers and they're like, so, you know, some bad news to tell you. Um, Owen Hart has passed away. Oh they went God. back to the rest of the show. Well, no. There was more show after that? Oh my no. God. There were five matches after that. <laughs> oh, Did, my God. How? OK, maybe this is digging into dark territory, but like, what was the crowd like at that point? Because if I was witness if i witnessed a man fall from a height and it was clear that if not passed mm-hmm. away he was still like it was a medical emergency how do you then cheer like that crowd must have been i don't know like it just probably didn't add to the show you know this is all amazing stuff that i feel like so important to get to spread the news of like i know a secret <laughs> a terrible secret um yeah i can answer your question uh, the live crowd was never notified. They only talked into the camera. So they had no idea until they got home later that day. Oh my God. No one could like bring up the internet on their phones, which is where like I was reading a like I think WrestleManiacs.com website and being like, What is happening? 
So, yeah, they didn't know. <laughs> so e- and even having... The, um, yeah, go ahead. But, like, even having seen... They, I mean, they saw what happened, right? He mm-hmm. was taken out and, and had medical attention and alive at the time. But, like, that would rattle you, wouldn't you think? I, I'm surprised that they... Maybe it's the dark side of humanity that um that everyone's like, oh, yeah, that happened. But you know what? This show still is pretty good. I think I can speak to this. I think if I remember correctly, they while while he was like kind of getting set up and rigged and like and lowering, but not he he wasn't it wasn't like the camera wasn't on him. So people were watching. I think people were largely watching the video screen because some promo was playing. And so I don't think. I think a lot of the live audience didn't actually see the fall. Yeah, he fell during um, the the like video package for his Blue Blazer versus Godfather match. Right, it was like recapping the feud, and then yeah, I think people who saw it thought that a dummy had fallen out of the sky. Oh my god! Okay, wow. Yeah, because he was up there to be descended so he could do his little pratfall after they had come back from the video package. But as soon as he started descending, like his latch activated and he fell to his death. Oh God. Okay. For no good reason. No, that's horrifying. Okay. Um, I mean, but that does, that does put some context around it because I just feel like in this day and age, in the day of TikTok and, and mm-hmm. YouTube and all the the technology that kids use, I feel like this would have been such a dis- like just like a disaster in happening in the moment. Like they would have had to, I don't know, cut it off, cut it all off. There's a little more like both humanity and accountability that did not exist at that point in time. Yes. Okay. Wow. Mm. Tough. And when Dark. asked after the show, like, why didn't you uh, stop the show? They were like, uh, this crowd would have rioted if we would have ended the show. And even in May 1999, it was like, no, I don't really think that was going to happen. I think if you said, hey, that accident um, uh-huh. resulted in a man's death, so we're going to call it. I think a lot of people would have been cool with that. It's my suspicion. So... I, I like I said I didn't watch the show, but I did, of course, you know, hear all about it that night, and I probably also read about it on WrestleManiacs. Um, shout out to Rick Skaya, the hey. the news from the news from Dayton. Um, That's right. He got yeah. so many good scoops at the time. I was like, this is good information. Wonder <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, where you're learning all this stuff. But the next day after school, I did for the first and only time call into a sports talk radio show Whoa! to discuss it. I called into Kirk Herbstreet's um, Columbus-based show and got on the air. And I remember while I was waiting, I was listening to the show on the radio and somebody, because like it was just all, it was wall-to-wall people calling to talk about what happened on the pay-per-view. And then this guy calls in and he's like, Kirk, I thought this was a sports show. What's going on here? And Kirk's (laughs) like, well, you know... um, uh, caricature from Brooklyn. I, uh, I, I, you know, this is what people want to talk about today, basically. And uh, so I got on the line, and I don't remember what I said, but well, Kirk, I, I remember that I was so <laughs> awkward and so nervous, and I still think about it 
on a monthly <laughs> basis. <laughs> I think, and it like it's I, I just oh it just it still like gets really under my skin. Like I'm just like, why did I call? I didn't have anything to say. But I, what did you say? <laughs> like what what did you say when you when you got airtime? I, Megan, uh, Kirk, I, like, I just uh, I think your <laughs> caller might want to uh, check his damn ass because uh, Owen Hart was actually a really great wrestler. <laughs> listen, let's. I don't think I sold anyone to check their damn ass, but I basically called in to say like, yeah, Owen was Owen was really good, and and I I don't know why they didn't stop the show. Maybe they should have. I don't know. It's it's crazy, and 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 I was I, I just I was so nervous, and I don't really remember what I said, and uh, yeah, and I still think about it a lot. And <laughs> <laughs> but that was your first podcast radio appearance. It, and it look was. At you now. And, and yeah, and uh, I don't know why I ever did another one, but yeah, uh, yeah. So that's that's that was a, a horrible. Oh yeah, fifteen-year-old <laughs> Andy was, uh, was very awkward on that uh, Kirk Herb Street show. Man. But I like to think that I'm I'm part of the reason he's so successful today. It has to be. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I I guess I. It, we did. They did make the Martha Hart uh, arrangement this week. So it's not totally out of the ordinary that we spent so much time <laughs> on the biggest week in company history rehashing the death uh, of Owen Hart in 1999. It's true. I, I mean, not to be just like totally morbid about it, but I feel like in a way this this has highlighted something that maybe we should just like have a weekly segment where we tell Jenny and me <laughs> I say we as if I'm included and was always a fan, but like maybe there's a weekly segment of like, here's a weird thing that happened. And then yeah. you, you give us some wrestling history where, uh, and we get Jenny and at times, if I have not been exposed to it, my reaction, just because isn't it kind of weird? It's like, have you ever known someone who hasn't seen Star Wars and you're like, <laughs> how did you make it this far? Um, just hearing that, like, that pure reaction like justin had said earlier with jenny it's like you don't know about this <laughs> huge thing that everybody knows yeah. in this community uh that might be kind of fun just to just to kind of put it out there get some grow some wrestle knowledge for all of us yeah so if this is a fun addition um the next night on raw was oh, the no. first version of like the wrestler tribute show where they <laughs> drop all the storylines and people come out and then later that week was the funeral, and uh, I believe, like, the family's wishes were for, like, if people were going to come to be respectful and low-key affair, and the WWF came with all its cameras and film oh stuff. Oh, my God. And oh. she was like, hey, uh, I'd appreciate it if you, like, don't air footage from this funeral on your TV show, which is yeah. what they put all over the show uh, at the beginning of Raw. Uh, eight days after he died. Oh my so, god. They're so like, bad at this. Right? God. For so long, we've been at the mercy of fucking freaks and sociopaths. <laughs> and the idea that wrestling does not have to be dictated like through that prism is uh, very, very bizarre. Well, I remember the um, the really in retrospect awkward Chris Benoit tribute show that they did before they realized, you know, the truth of what had happened there. But like, this is so much worse. Cause you, you, 
it's your fault and, and yeah. you need to the the widow has asked you to not film any weird segments and things at this man's funeral and you still do like man so many missteps <laughs> they're so bad at it these were vince mcmahon decisions right yeah wow <laughs> Now, if only we had Chris Jericho's insight on what Vince might have been thinking. That's the thing about Vince, man, is, uh, you know, everything is part of the show. And it's just like, to him, he owns it, you know? He owns life! <laughs> Thanks, Chris. It's great to have you as a correspondent. Justin, well. I'm sorry, Chris. Chris, do you think that, like, Vince was just, like, really out of touch with the original ideas for the New Day? Oh, if I could, like, step in for Chris, it's me, one of the Iconics. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, goodbye. <laughs> oh, say hi to the Ron dog for me. Uh, <laughs> Justin, you've been a delight as always. Thank you so much for uh, for, for doing this. Um, I think I think this has met your, uh, your health care qualifications for this year. So, uh, Wait, Justin gets health care? Yeah, with his he he has he has two contractual appearances a year, and he gets healthcare th- uh, through it. The quota. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is this is elite beat canon, Megan. So I don't like. I mean, sir, <laughs> I think I need to discuss my contract because. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we can we can have that talk off air. Justin's uh, got the legends contract, and I'm pissed. Justin, <laughs> do you have anything to plug? Are you gonna are you gonna uh, make any other podcast appearances in the near future? Hmm, there is nothing I can think of on the immediate docket. If I could pour some gasoline and light a match and walk away before the show ends, I think your historical controversy topic next week should be, you should explain what Jerry Lawler was on trial for in 1993. (laughs) See what they think about that. I know Jenny doesn't know, and I don't have any idea. Oh, God. I think I think that's a great place to leave it. Okay. And, uh, but I thought it was a great show, and uh, I'd probably go the full five for Brian versus Omega. Um, yeah. And uh, the crazy thing is, it's like we're we're at intermission. It's a one day intermission where you record a whole podcast in between, and the rest of this super card will occur tomorrow night with uh, some of our hosts blissfully asleep. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So Justin, I assume that means you're 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 going to join me at midnight tomorrow night to recap the other one. Then I guess happy to do it. Yes. Okay. Great. All right. Well, uh, we'll 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 not talk to you then. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. This has been yet another edition of the Elite Beat. E Elite Beat E E Elite Beat.